in the darkest corners of the podcast dungeon, you have come across another goddamn horror podcast. With Graham Faye, Jonas Barnes, and Ryan. Welcome to yet another goddamn horror podcast. A uh, second one today. This is the second um, recording that we've done today um, because uh, we are the hardest working podcast in all of horror. Um, we gave you the uh, um, Army of the Dead trailer first, um, but now we're coming back with some uh, some new exciting content because because uh, we uh, we care because we are a caring group. Um, uh, particularly uh, Graham Fay in Brooklyn. Uh, he cares a lot about things. How you doing, Graham? I do. I'm okay. Um, I got my second vax uh, shot yesterday, so I'm, I'm feeling it this time. The first one, it took like a week for me to feel any effects, and they lasted like a week today, right away. So uh, I- I'm struggling through it, but I'm feeling good. I took some Tylenol. I'm super excited about uh, this episode. I am too. I, I like that. I like that we're like archiving our time. Like everything from this era is going to be like about this subject and like about like this is like the last time you'll say that. I got my second back shot and like it's something yeah. completely and totally normal. Like if like Ryan from like twenty years ago would listen to this, I would be fucking terrified. I'd be like, "What's going on? <laughs> I'm already." It's All because right, if you show up, fuck. showing up later on, being like, "Got my flu vaccine," they're gonna be like, "Shut the fuck up!" Like we we went through, we went through something else that is much better. So you fuck off with your flu vaccine, like flu vaccine. <laughs> it's like the wine an cooler. Of, it's like the wine coolers of fucking vaccines. And then we have um, Jonas, who is in a car in Amish country, um, who has been because um, he is a very fancy stand-up comic who goes places to do it. Uh, who's asked to go places to do it. Um, How was the show? Was it cool? It was cool. I mean, like, the show itself was cool. It was in a cool old movie theater, like a really, really um, old, like, super cool theater. Um, But, yeah, it's in in the middle of Amish country, Pennsylvania, and uh, which means that it was very white. Very, very white. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, I mean, whatever. They were a fun crowd. Um, But, uh, yeah, it was... It was a weird road trip all day, but uh, yeah, we're on the way back now. So That's back cool. to New York, back to Brooklyn. Um, yeah, I, I had a weird day too, because c- considering that I, so I watched Army of the Dead last night, and then I watched uh, Mortal Kombat for the first time, and I feel like I ate jelly beans for dinner. You know what I mean? Like it was <laughs> like it was like it was like a whole lot of non-sustenance, like a whole lot of like flavor with nothing to it you know what i mean but uh i hadn't actually played the mortal Kombat video game very much in my life just because like i don't know as a kid i just like skateboarded and shit and um um so i think i would have like enjoyed it a lot more had i done that but otherwise you know it's not a bad movie it's like uh i mean it, it is vapid as all fucking hell but it's uh um you know it was, it was uh, army of, army of the dead and uh um and uh, uh mortal Kombat are a uh a really great if you like have like an afternoon where you're tired of thinking about shit there you go that's the double feature that will uh, we'll... yeah turn your brain off and watch some splatter fodder that's all exactly. it is <laughs> really exactly yeah 
Um, we're gonna keep this uh, our chitter chatter um, short. We're not even talking about the weather. Look at look at we're not talking about the weather. Um, I know and people are gonna be like, "What podcast is this?" Uh, but we <laughs> are um, um, really fortunate today to have uh, artist, um, um, super talented guy um, from out in the middle of nowhere in Ohio by the uh, the, the fun time school of Kent State, uh, Sean Coss. <laughs> How's it going, man? It is going fantastic. And I shared your sentiment on Mortal Kombat and Army of Darkness, or Army of, not Army of Darkness, Army <laughs> of the Dead. Um, I actually really enjoyed Mortal Kombat because I grew up playing it. And right. yeah. I was like, there's no story. I'm like, the fuck is there supposed to be? <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, yeah. no lore. That, that's your story. Uh, literally, I just, I actually just rewatched the last 20 minutes again between Sub-Zero and Scorpion. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's great for the for the fifth so time. Good. It's <laughs> I just if they would just cut out the whole Cole Young part where he's punching fucking ice like a moron. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that last one that would be golden because it is everything I wanted in a Mortal Kombat fight scene. And then yeah. Army of the Dead, I didn't hate it. Um, I felt like almost you were just kind of thrown into the story. Like you were just, you were just like thrown in and everything was already established, you know, people's history with each other. So you didn't really have time. And they just, I like the concept of the, of the zombies though. I thought yeah. that was a, a fresh take. Yeah. The alpha zombies were pretty cool. And I yeah. super dug the, the tiger zombie. Dude, the tiger was so dope. <laughs> that kill, yeah, that, like- that raising uh, hope guy, Bert, uh, Garrett Dillahunt, his kill was my favorite part of, the Is he the one got killed by the tiger? Yeah, yeah. Oh, just, dude. Just a tiger batting him around like that. Is my fav- <laughs> it was my favorite thing all week. Oh, the, the neck crank was pretty good because it yeah, was the, unexpected. The, the, yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, that's the other great kill. Yeah, but yeah. I like the little bone up the neck. I'm like, yeah. Damn, you didn't have to do that, but that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that, right, that, that was totally like that was you could just tell whoever whoever wrote that piece was like, and then we're gonna stick a bone at the end and everybody goes, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's like, worth twenty five thousand like, dollars like, of CGI. Let's do it. Exactly. And you're right, it was totally expected. And uh we're spoiling the shit out of the movie right now. Oh yeah, yeah, spoil like, but, 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 but but like but like we said earlier um in our in our coverage of it, like really you just can't spoil this movie. Um, but like in that scene what's great is they just build it up because it's so sweet right before it and then mm-hmm. they just fucking snap her neck and um, yeah that's uh, that's um, that's how it should be yeah I mean, that's, no strings uh, attached <laughs> that's, uh, that I feel like it. I feel like that was the army of the dead version of the I am legend scene with Will Smith and the dog where it's <laughs> just like <laughs> are, just you calling, out, like, are you calling that girl a dog <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying she was sweet okay <laughs> I'm saying she deserved to die, okay? I'm saying that. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it felt like that same thing. It was like, I love you. I'm sorry I have to do this. And then crack. It's just like. <laughs> I'm such yeah. a sad sack when it comes to animals. Like when he, when Will Smith was holding his dog, I was teared up in the fucking theater. Yeah. I was like, don't do it, man. Don't do yeah. it. Yeah. Instant. Fucking, every time with goddamn animals, I tell you. Well, when yeah. I saw that when I saw that movie the first time and he had to kill the dog, I was just like, I have to fucking get up and walk away. Like I cannot sit here yeah. and actually watch this for a second. Like, and also like the way that it happened was like the way that he did it was especially sad. Um, mm-hmm. Then I saw the behind the scenes thing of how they did the effect, and I was no longer sad. But <laughs> <laughs> during the time, I was like, this is sad as hell. 
the behind the scenes thing is funny because it's just like a dude in a mocap suit that has a fistful of dog head. It's just like, it's like, all right, <laughs> fucking, all right, kill the dog, Will. <laughs> like, just do it. Oh God, <laughs> ruining my my visions. My favorite part about that movie uh, is uh, Mike Patton was the voice of the monsters. Was he? Oh, shit. Yeah. Dude, that dude's all over the place. Yeah, he's one of my favorite, uh, you know, singers, vocalists, whatever. Everything. Everything that dude touches, I'm completely in love with. And when I found that out, I like the movie okay, uh, but that just was super cool. One thing I don't like about Mike Patton is he always comes out with amazing albums, but he just does one album. That's it. (laughs) <laughs> like what was uh what was the one that was all like was it love songs um oh lovage lovage such a lovage great album. is amazing one yeah. album and just okay next project i'm like no give me another yeah. album. that was dan the automator and the girl the, the girl from uh elysian fields i think yeah, just that, incredible that whole album is just amazing yeah, um, he is my favorite person that I don't like any of his music. I mean, and I'm not like, and I'm not like trying to be a jerk, <laughs> but like, like I love Mike Patton, and I have like this ultimate respect for him, and like I want to love his bands. I just like they just it just it just doesn't do it for you. You it's might dig the, the latest bungle. You might yeah. dig. It's just straight up bungle. trash. You know what's funny is I listen to it all when it comes out. I really do. Like the latest bungle was fine. Like it's cool. It's thrash. It's 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 good. It's still just like. Like, but like, but that being said, like, I just like, I fucking love the guy and I love that he exists and I love that I'm alive. It's, it's like, actually, you know what? I feel like the same way about Les Claypool. Like, I don't, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I don't really like anything that he's done. I've seen him live twice. Um, and, uh, um, I saw, him. I respect the style of what yeah, Les Claypool does, but no, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of Primus, uh, no. but I respect I was a big, it. I'm a big early Primus fan, like sailing the seas and frizzle fry and all those. And even like anti-pop up to about there. I love Primus, but yeah, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. About that. <laughs> I, I saw, I saw the Primus open up for, uh, uh, public enemy and anthrax um uh, on that tour and uh they were a it was just so weird it was such a weird tour they were in the actual the opening band was called young black teenagers do you guys remember those guys um <laughs> yeah uh, the young black teenagers they were a hip-hop group of all white guys uh, yeah. <laughs> who all had dreads and they called themselves young black teenagers because they said that black was a frame of mind or something like that they're actually in one of the house party movies the uh, pajama Jam. oh really yeah, um, uh, the main uh, the main uh, rapper guy. But anyways, uh, yeah, that was an interesting show. And like you know, like if you like are a fan of music, you can really watch Les Claypool and be like, holy shit! It's like the same like Michael Mike Patton, Michael Patton, uh, Mike Patton um, um, is like, got like the most fucking amazing voice in like the history of the world. It's just you know, he's, he, yeah, he's got a range on him. Like he can scream like no other, and just his singing range is just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of vocalists that do that type of thing where they come out with like multiple bands and they kind of just shimmy back and forth between the bands because like Patton does that Les Claypool's done that uh, fucking even way back like with Alice in Chains he had Alice in Chains uh, and Mad Season you know like fucking Mad Season gets far less love than it should because mm-hmm. um, it was great um, now on the opposite end of that Maynard James Keenan does the same thing where he jumps between bands, and I don't fucking like Maynard, but I will listen to Pussifer all day long. Like, Wait, hold on, go back. Sorry, my kid was banging on my door. What do you say about Maynard? Do we have to fight? <laughs> uh, no, 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 we don't. Um, but uh, no, I, I think he's actually probably one of the most talented people in music. Um, Damn right. But jumping back, but jumping back and forth between bands, he's one of those ones where like everybody knows him from Tool, but. 
I will listen to a perfect circle and Pussifer over a tool any day of the week. And yeah. that's just, I think that's obviously a personal style thing. But like I, I like on fucking repeat, I was listening to the most, the most recent Pussifer album. And like, it's great. Like the music actually sounds like you took drugs, which is <laughs> insane. The way that he put it together, um, that song Bullet Train to Iowa is literally about ayahuasca and it's hilarious. Like if you actually listen oh, nice. to it, it's just an ayahuasca trip the whole time. So yeah, I, uh, to show how much of a fan I am of him, he did a speaking event for his book in Chicago. And so I flew me and my wife one like round trip Friday night, watched him that night and then flew back Saturday morning, just oh, so drive six hours. But I wanted to see him. So I got a book. We got free wine. Uh, I was probably 15 feet away from Maynard. Uh, and That's awesome. I've been following him since God knows how long. Uh, but I'm the same way. Uh, I would listen to, I think A Perfect Circle is by far his best project because I think it's more emotional. Uh, yeah. I like. I mean, 10,000 Days was cool. Ladder Alice was cool. Uh, Enema, obviously, is like, I think, the number one that people always refer back to undertow is a great one as well. Uh, I actually really liked the new one, but you can feel the perfect circle push for influence falling for sure. tool. Like he doesn't have, like I missed the analog distant voice where he, his voice wasn't the main thing. It was almost like an instrument in itself. Yeah. Uh, you know, like uh stink fist was by probably to this day is still one of my favorite songs of all time next to Jimmy. And like uh, conditions of my parole, great album from Pussifer. Yeah, um, but yeah, I just—he's just a fucking musical genius. <laughs> like, I, 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 you I mean, like really, his work really in is. uh in Mr. Show though. Mr. Show, you know, yeah. Was <laughs> Did that, you ever uh, see those no. Bob Odenkirk and David Cross and uh, uh, Maynard? It has a couple like cameos in it. That's not the one. Where, like, no, that was uh, that was Bikini Bands where he played the devil. Um, it's funny. I don't really watch a lot of, like, I guess TV at all anymore. I can't tell you the last time I actually like sat down and like would like just watch TV. Besides, like, if I catch like a movie like Army of the Dead, I watch in like four different parts because right. I get like a half hour and I'm like, okay, I gotta go do something. Like, but but, but but you are excited for the Friends reunion, right? Actually, surprisingly, uh, my wife was a huge Friends fan uh, and caught me. I think I watched like maybe two or three seasons of it back when we were, we first started dating. So I'm always interested in seeing the comebacks because it's like I get to relive uh, sure. my younger life and I get to forget that I'm getting older and closer to dying. I um, I don't mean to – this is promisingly the last time I'm going to crap on something that you like. But um, my, I, oh, I, I, I was – I hate I was, you already. I know. Good. That's good. <laughs> um, I um, – so I was indifferent to Maynard and Tool. Like I was just kind of like they just like weren't my thing, you know. Like I listened to like hardcore and like punk and like hip hop, and like it just like wasn't my thing. But like I always like respected the talent and this. Um, but um, I worked at a Whole Foods in downtown Portland, and um, which is like the most Portland thing I could possibly say. Um, but I um, um, as a manager, and he was gonna he was doing a wine tour, and our location was chosen as one of the places that he would come and like uh, set up shop and like sell wine. Um, and I got the writer for it and what we could expect to deal with, with him. And it was, it was, it was, was it absurd. 
it was it was um like offensively bad actually i know like i'm not trying to be like a jerk to like maynard or whatever but like there were things on it like um that employees of the store are not allowed to like basically look at. i can't remember how it was framed but one way or other they weren't allowed to like look at him <laughs> um, he was going to need his um, like basically he wanted to come in not have anybody talk to him and like sit down he needed his own bathroom he needed um, like and then he had like a rider like a rock like 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 out of like you would do at a fucking like right, a stadium concert, like yeah. a stadium show or something like that and we were like a like a like a smaller Whole Foods in the middle of downtown and like yeah you would have like mobbed the place and um you know but it was um, um it was it was just it was just um like whatever. Like, like I still don't like have anything against them, but like my my punk rock ethos of like like guys who like sleep on couches and stuff like that. Like, like like right. like, 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 like stirred up. Right. And I was like, come on, dude. Like really, like like I can't talk. Like I can't come in and be like, oh hey Maynard, what's up? Like you know what I mean? Like right. You know? I have to kind of go to bat for him on this one though because I also don't want anybody in Whole Foods to look at me <laughs> when I'm there. So yeah, right. like I mean. If I had Can the power you, to put, if I had the power like to put that in a contract, <laughs> right? Just fucking yeah. If I had the power to put that in a contract, fuck yeah, I'd do it. Like just, that's why I feel like people who can do writers. There's like, <laughs> let's see what I can get away with. Mine would be like, hey, you know that mask? Put it over your whole face, please. I don't want to see it. At all. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone to hear whole, whole face, please put the face the face mask over your mouth, nose, and eyes. <laughs> Happy just stop. to see, just to see, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, writers and writers and comedy are crazy, especially. I feel like honestly, probably if you're working on like movie sets and shit, I bet you there's like I've heard some horror stories about people on movie sets to where you can't like the the not look at somebody thing. I've heard that with multiple actors and actresses. Yeah, where they'll walk, yeah, with like a whole fucking uh, like a whole mob of people, like their handlers or whatever, and if you look at them, they'll get you fired. Yeah, like it's crazy. Like just walking I heard around. Christian Bale had movie. something like that, like where he didn't want to be talked to. Uh, but I don't know how true it was because obviously you, you, you always hear rumors. Like I think it was during like the Terminator set. He had that one freak out. Yeah, uh, with the guy did have a famous one. breakdown. On yeah. set. Oh, yeah. good for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I like you. You're a good guy, but what the fuck are you doing? Like, right. <laughs> I. was uh, the I, weirdest I, compliment. <laughs> very passive aggressive um but i I always give it uh like like let uh let like salty english people go uh, pass on that you know what i mean because it's just like like i don't know it's just like a hilarious part of their culture when they get all like pissed off and uh talk shit to each other it's like uh i know it's like just normal like when they're yelling but actually like hey how you fucking doing i'm doing fucking good Exactly. Exactly. Like you watch them like almost fight and almost get in each other's faces like all the time, and that's just like a normal part of their world. And like, and um, you know, I'm uh, I'm 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 there for that. You know, like I think, uh, um, you know, I think uh, I think we could use a little bit more of that uh, thick skinned uh, shit talking. I agree. Need more of it. Yeah, in uh, in America, you know, Um, that's uh, something I even that's something I notice even like when uh, this is a. What well, nice little transition into horror talk. Um, I noticed this about like even if you watch a movie that's made like in Ireland or if you watch a movie that's made with predominantly Irish actors and stuff like that. 
like you always think that they're pissed off like when they're talking on <laughs> sets like no no they're just irish like they just <laughs> you know there's a strong chance that they might be a little drunk that's okay that's what they do like <laughs> but yeah they're just they always come across much more aggressive um and like scottish too if they're scottish they're not only oh, aggressive yeah. but like you also can't understand them so you get like the little bit of both, but they always, they, they always fucking sound like they're frantic and they're pissed. Like, and I see that, that that's been a thing with uh, horror films and shit like that. Let me pray movie. Everybody yeah. in that movie, everybody in that movie sounds like they're angry the whole time. <laughs> what was the let me pray movie? I feel like I saw that. What was the basis of that one? Let us pray. Yeah. Let, let us is a, yeah. What was uh, that no, let about? us. Yeah, let us pray. Yeah, let us pray. That one was a. It's an Irish. It's based in Ireland, and it's like a mix of Assault on Precinct Thirteen, and like a demonic possession film. Okay. Is the best way to put it. Is this the guy from? He like comes in, and like has a notebook with everyone's names on it. Yeah. Like, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. That's the yes. One. Okay. That was such a good movie. God yeah, damn. So really, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. That's one of our. Favorites it's a horror fans. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's a good movie for horror fans. That's Have you guys seen? Uh, is it Last Shift? Oh, I, yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. So last Shift. That movie. one was like an under the radar one that I just—I think it was on Netflix. I was just like, I wonder what the fuck this movie's about. And uh, I just remember the scene where she's talking to the cop. And this is the same movie, and he just goes, "Yeah, I got a headache," and he walks away. And he's got a big old fucking hole in the back of his head. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? And it caught me off guard so quick. <laughs> That was one of those movies I remember flipping through, like either Netflix or Tubi or whatever the fuck it was, and I saw the um, I saw the cover of it. The cover, it was just so good. Yeah, the cover had like the goat head and the big ass pentagram on it, and it just said <laughs> the last ship. And I'm like, I am sold already. This could be terrible, and I'm already in. Yeah, like <laughs> you know, back when uh, Blockbuster was still a thing, we used to go and rent horror movies just based on the cover. 100 percent yeah he's like hey let's see like i remember this one i think was called grim and it was this giant beast looking thing and it was so bad like i don't think we even made it 10 minutes in we just kept it playing we just got super drunk making fun of it like you could see the seams in the creature's neck like where like you could see the guy through it it was so bad (laughs) yeah i'm I'm looking at it right now it actually looks pretty like i could see how you could um you would want it from the cover because the cover yeah. is like, um, like there it is. That's there it. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God um, damn. Yeah. Like, the what? nest was always the one that I was completely intrigued by the one with the giant cockroach and like the half naked girl. It's called the nest. The nest. <laughs> right. Yeah. What a weird cover. It's like, is she going to fuck that cockroach? Yeah. Like, it was happening? super weird. And I was always like, how, what is this? But I don't be, even uh, remember. I'm sure I saw version. it. Her fucking <laughs> the cockroach. Yeah, that's that's that would be Zack Snyder would do. Yeah, yeah, that dude made sexy zombies. Yeah, dude. I mean, that queen zombie. I'm like, y'all smash whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I was on the IMDb of that. I always get into IMDb after I watch any type of movie. And uh, he was talking about he had a male stripper that was going to have his penis bitten into. It was going to be like a well endowed male stripper that would have a zombie bite in his penis. But he said that was too far. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Whoa. I, I, 
I'm just glad he was thinking of it at this point in his career. You know what I mean? Yeah. You gotta, you know, like, <laughs> at this point, like Zach, Zack Snyder's in like real movie making point of his career. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like money. And like, he's still like, you know what, what if we bit off someone's deck? Yeah. At like, least I, he's I, still I, considering I, dick right. Like uh, that actually <laughs> endears him to me. Cause he's just, I like, wish I'm he just, did more original IP. Cause I, a lot of people shit yeah. on sucker punch, but I, I love I, sucker punch. I have a, uh, spot in my heart for it because my buddy alex worked on a lot of the artwork for it so like you know the giant mech bunny face like that's his character like oh that's designed. awesome that's the bunny with character uh, but he's like good friends with zach snyder he's done a bunch of artwork for like uh what is it the watchman like he did like a watchman poster and all this stuff but yeah sucker punch like a lot of people shit on but like the whole concept i thought was super cool you know, this whole thing based around trauma and, you know, PTSD and stuff like that. Like, I thought I was like, dude, like, this is yeah. amazing. But it got shit on so much by people. Because it looked like a, a, a weird, it, it looked like Zack Snyder trying to do like Sin City yeah, type I, movie. It, that's, and that's and it looked cheap. Like, it honestly just looked like it was a bunch of hot girls fighting each other. And it was not that. It was really good. Right. Yeah. If you like look a little bit deeper into it, I was like, dude, like this has a lot to do with like sexual trauma and all this stuff that, yeah. but people just saw obviously the chicks fighting in very, you know, green screen backgrounds. Right. So here's a question for you, Sean, since like your artwork, a lot of the stuff that your art that I've seen, like a lot of it deals with emotional, various different emotional themes, like emotional trauma and like mental health and all these sort of things. Like when you watch movies and stuff, do you go that same route? Like, do you still go for, like, stuff that's more emotional? Or do you just go for oh, shit no. that you think you're going to enjoy? I literally watch anything. I can watch Beautiful. any movie and find, like, fun in it. Like, the Ninja Turtle movies, I loved both of them. And <laughs> yeah. people are like, these are garbage. I'm like... Second one was really good. Yeah, I was like, we didn't have a Ninja like, Turtle movie. solid. But, like, the only one I didn't, like... No, fuck it. Even Turtles in Time... The, the third one i i still liked it because i was like dude i love samurais fuck yeah, yeah. let's go uh, but like the first ninja turtles movie like back in the what 90s yeah uh, and then the sequel to the newest one are probably my two favorites because secret of the ooze i didn't like because they toned down the violence that's what i loved about the first one because it was so close to the comic of just it was pretty gritty it was yeah. so gritty you know and I just remember Raphael saying, damn, the first time when he lost his sigh. And I was like, holy shit, Raph cussed, you know? I, don't know, I think I was like eight years <laughs> oh old God. or something like that. I'm like, the Ninja Turtle cussed, oh shit. Casey <laughs> Jones was sweet, you know? And yeah. then I find out like the second movie, they're like, yeah, we think it's a little too violent. So that's why you don't ever see them using their weapons. Uh, and apparently nunchucks are super dangerous in, was it Australia or England? Somewhere, like, I guess they're outlaws. You can't use chuck, uh, nunchucks. So they actually said you can't use nunchucks against someone in the movie. That's why he uses the sausage links. Um, oh, and they did. <laughs> and if you watch, like, Leo never uses his swords other than as, like, leverage. Uh, same thing with Ralph. Like, they only use it almost like, like gags. Um, I was just, like, super bummed out about the sequel. But I still, I mean, I still liked it, still watched it. But I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know what. When okay. I watched the sequel, and when I watched the sequel, the thing I liked about it, like Toka and Razar were cool-looking creature effects. Yeah, I just hated that they were basically children. Um, yeah, yeah, and then, you know, but 
but like the creature effects were cool and also super shredder was the biggest wasted opportunity such a in, waste in any movie and it was hilarious to me that it was kevin nash i like, know right <laughs> fucking hilarious to me pretty great yeah yeah but, like, i i thought like they ran out of so much yeah, yeah, I feel like they spent so, so much, much on Vanilla Ice. They're like, shit, we don't have any more money. Fuck it. Uh, apparently, <laughs> there was a huge fight between Vanilla Ice's bodyguards and one of the Ninja Turtles because they came up <laughs> to like, they got too close to Vanilla Ice and apparently there, there was a scuffle. I, I, <laughs> I get too far in like the behind the scenes bullshit for whatever reason. Uh, That's pretty great. The Vanilla Ice's bodyguards are like, yo, this turtle is going to give us trouble. Right. <laughs> Could you imagine video floating around of one of the Ninja Turtles beating the shit? Well, yeah, they were Rob, all trained out of martial Rob artists. Van Winkle. <laughs> yeah, dude, it would be fucking. That would be amazing. I would love that. Would love that video to the day I died. That would be so amazing. <laughs> Just like, oh. we had to halt. We had to halt production because Donatello got a little spicy with a vanilla ice on set. You know, I don't. We haven't like actually um, properly introduced Sean. By the way, um, Sean, why? What are you? Uh, um, you are an amazing artist. Um, uh, that's debatable. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, let's call you a popular artist. All right. A popular, a popular artist. Let's, let's do that. Um, I, um, as somebody who has been drawing things my whole life, uh, have never really gotten that much better at it. But um, so I, I think you're incredible. And, I'll, and I'm, I'll stand by that. Um, but you are, um, you're uh, a pretty cool. How did you, uh, um, did you, uh, did you like um, anybody um, who hasn't checked out Sean's work really should, if you are a horror fan, um, his imagery is, uh, how would you describe it? What would you describe it? As? My, how would I describe my stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, the way I always describe it is complete and utter darkness with a hint of light. Um, and right. the way I explain it is I, a lot of my artwork is very dark and apparently my dog agrees. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's very dark, but I typically have some type of, uh, emotional connection with it that I'm trying to portray. So, you know, the, the imagery is dark, but typically the message is a, a positive message. Uh, and that's been... I guess the last couple of years before I was just drawing fucking demons and fucking skulls and, you know, yeah. just dark imagery that had no purpose whatsoever. It was just like, Oh, I just want to draw me a fucking demon. Cool. Right. You know? Uh, but then in 2016, I kind of fell into the mental health stuff and that became kind of where I realized my artwork could be more than just, Oh, that's cool. Devil shit. Like now it's like, Hey, this kept me from killing myself. And, yeah. you know, it, it started developing like a weight that I didn't know was possible with artwork. Mm -hmm. uh, typically you get that with music. Uh, usually something, you know, you hear a lot of musicians say like, you know, fans come and say like, you know, I, we saved them, you know, from drinking because of this song and stuff like that. You don't get that too much with artists. So uh, well, typically, yeah, uh, like, go ahead. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, as an, as also, I draw a lot, and I, I'm often trying to get better, but um, your stuff, I, I didn't really, I wasn't aware, I had seen your work before, I didn't know it was from you, when Jonas brought you up and said, you know, we should have this guy on, I checked you out, and I absolutely fell in love, I, I was familiar with, a lot. I had seen a lot of the images, and I completely fell in love, and it's 
kind of inspirational across the board because like you said it's it's dark as hell but there's a sense of hope in all of it almost right. or in a lot of it there's this the message you can feel the hope behind it and i love that and yeah they just uh i see a lot of influences like uh Stephen Gamal, I think that's how you say it. From uh, uh, I think it's it? Gamal. Gamal, probably. Gamel. Yeah. I think it's Gamal. Uh, I always had a hard time figuring out his name. <laughs> yeah, but that's the uh, uh, scary stories to tell in the dark guy. Um, yeah. There's like, and it's like a mix with like Saturday morning cartoons and stuff, and and horror films, and there's even like I saw stuff that reminded me of Mad Balls and death metal album covers and stuff. It's just really awesome. It's uh, looking, I'm, I'm looking at it um, right now at the by uh, or just any means necessary. It's amazing that you're wearing because I'm actually wearing a shirt that says uh, any means necessary. I didn't even realize that. Oh, look at that. Happened. I'm showing them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, it's, a, it's an old end racism by any means necessary. Oh, nice. But, um, but, um, but uh, you, uh, so it was just kind of odd. But um, I'm just like looking at these different, um, uh, like the woman with the shattered. Uh, as somebody myself who has struggled, you know, it's really hard to explain mental illness to people who haven't been through it. And, right. and like, um, you know, and before I had it, because like before you like go through it, like if you had, if you had it your whole life, that's, but like for me, like there was a point where like my, you know, I quit drinking and then like a year later, like my anxiety kicked in and like all this, this stuff. And like, when that shit sort of started to happen, I had no idea what was happening to me, you know, and, um, and, you know, just like obsessive thinking and, and like these pictures can grasp that, like that, that feeling like, like not in a negative way at all, that just make you actually feel like, like the depression one with the, with the, you know, with like the uh, specter on the back is just, oh yeah, it, the big it's oil, just my oil. It, <laughs> yeah, it's just a, it's just a really uh, fantastic. And, um, and I got to tell you, as somebody from that community, I um, I feel I, I very much appreciate this uh, this energy put into this stuff because this is uh, um, um, like I said, you know, people don't know where to even turn or what they're supposed to be doing, and I think that's the real thing about there's help out there. I mean, there is, um, but like mostly when it's coming on and we're getting into it, nobody has any idea what they're dealing with, you know, and yeah. like, we, we've never been taught anything about it. There's no, I mean, like, if you get a headache, you know, you have to take an, uh, like a fucking aspirin or something. But, like, nobody's ever said, oh, hey, if you start thinking, like, nuts-ass shit that you can't sleep and stuff like that, this is what you're supposed to do. You know, but we've never... Well, so it also hurts because if you're a male, we're not supposed to show weakness. Exactly. You know, yeah. we're not, supposed to, we're not yeah. supposed to ask for help. And if you told people that you see a therapist or you suffer with depression, you're automatically looked at, like, oh, you're lesser than... Um, yeah, there's a stigma to it still. Oh, yeah, very much so. Uh, I've been doing this artwork since 2016, uh, and really nothing's changed besides more people are coming out about, you know, their battles. You know, you're starting to see people like Kevin Love from the Cavaliers and, you know, a lot of prominent sports figures coming out now, uh, even celebrities going like, yeah, I struggle. You know, J Jim Carrey just had a TikTok out there explaining the difference between being sad and being depressed. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's becoming more acceptable. Uh, but back to your point with the, the artwork, uh, I love it that it helps a lot of people, but it's definitely a double-edged sword because for as many people that feel like they're connected to it, I have people who literally just want me to die <laughs> for, because uh, they think I'm exploiting mental illness. Uh, 
And typically when they come at me, they're already pitchfork, torch ready, and yeah. there's nothing I can do to like talk them down. And at first, when it all exploded on me in 2016, you know, I went from a relatively unknown artist. You know, I worked for mm-hmm. Sign Happiness, so I had some fame with them, but I went from like what 20,000 fans on Facebook to 100,000 overnight you know, right. two days, uh, literally having people going, fuck you. I hope you die. I hope your kids get autism, all that stuff. I'm wow. like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I'm just like, I'm literally just typing eight hours a day. Go fuck yourself, buddy. <laughs> you know? like, just rage on everybody. And they're like, oh, you're a real advocate for mental illness. You're telling me to go fuck myself. I'm like, yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, it, it just it hit me out of nowhere. And I didn't know, uh, how do I handle it? And now when people come at me and they're just like, you know, fuck you, uh, you know, you're just exploiting. I'm like, cool. Have fun. You know, I just ignore them now because there's, there's nothing I'm going to say that's going to fix it. So I just, I don't waste the energy anymore. And also like one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on here. So like one of the reasons I reached out to you is because like the way that your art translates what those feelings are is like, it's kind of uncanny. Because, like, I've I've dealt with mental illness most of my life, and, like, I've been sober for almost four years now, and the whole reason I got sober is because I failed at killing myself because of a mental illness issue. And then I was like, okay, like, I gotta deal with my shit, you know? And so, like, when I look at some of the artwork, like, a lot of your artwork is just fucking awesome anyway, but when I look at certain ones like the way that you translate depression and having like the umbrella up above you with the knives coming down and like, like all like stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Stuff like that. Like the way that it just visually translates is um, it's crazy accurate, but in a way that you wouldn't think like if you were just looking at art, you wouldn't think of it yourself. The way that you brought it out is, is insanely good. And I think the way that mental illness gets translated into a lot of art, it gets lost because either somebody hasn't gone through it or like they're trying to do it in a very cookie cutter fashion. Like that happens with film, with music, you know, like they kind of just go for the, you know, the yeah, regular like fucking beats. They go for, I think they, they go for the, uh, the happier side. And yeah. I was like, you know, the last time I checked being depressed isn't fucking fun. So, right. you know, when I was, how old was I? I think I was 17. I did my first massive dose of acid. I did like six hits of acid. I'd never, never done it before. My friend says, Hey, you like star Wars? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, you want to see star Wars in real life? I'm like, fuck yeah. He goes, here, take this. (laughs) So I did tripped for 16 hours and ran into my ex. She kind of my girlfriend, ex-girlfriend at the time. My best friend at the time was trying to help me get back with her. I met her at McDonald's because she worked there and I guess I looked like a fucking raptor because I was walking around like this. And <laughs> no one can see that, but like, I was like, you got any food? And she's like, what the fuck's wrong with you? I'm like, I'm tripping balls. And she was just like, so anti-drugs. She goes, come here. I'm like, what? She goes, I'm so disappointed. Good, but I want to let you know, I'm fucking your best friend and he makes me come better than you ever could. And oh my God. I was like, huh? Okay. And that was like, like I don't like acid anymore. <laughs> well, that's a rough first trip too. Well, so <laughs> that hit me, 
And I went to a, a pit of depression, obviously, instantly. So I went home. And this is how scary depression can be. And I pulled out my rifle. And I had it in my mouth at, what, 17 years old. Literally ready to go. Just I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pull the trigger. This is fine. And my friend called me up. Literally, I'm literally gun chrome in the mouth, you know, ready to go, trying to figure out how I was going to pull the trigger without like not hitting the mark. And my friend calls me and goes, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just hanging out. And he goes, you want to go do something? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I put the gun away. Uh, didn't kill myself that day. <laughs> so, but that was kind of like the start of where I realized like my sadness, I guess, uh, wasn't normal. Now, I've never had I've never had any more moments like that. Obviously, I was uh, under the influence of something, and a lot of people don't know. I've told this story maybe a handful of times. Uh, it's known to a lot of my fans because I feel like a lot of people feel like I'm just cashing in on mental illness. I'm like, no, motherfuckers. I I've been through this shit. I've been in the bottom, uh, but just because I don't look crazy, you know, or like unwell, doesn't mean I don't have my struggles and. Uh, the reason why I think the depression ones always hit the mark is because I battle with that so much. Uh, and the way I describe it is my depression comes uh, like a storm. So like for the most part, I'm good. I'm happy. I love, you know, got my kids, got my family successful in my artwork and my job, uh, my clothing brand, all that good stuff. Uh, but then that storm just comes out of nowhere. Like, out of nowhere, hits me fucking like a ton of bricks. I don't want to do anything, but it's only for like a couple of days and then it goes away again. Uh, I've been fortunate, um, but it's been something I've dealt with for a very long time. And uh, it's hard because I'll have people come at me and say like, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, yes, I do. But I don't want to share that with them because I don't have to like, I don't feel really? like I, I feel like a lot of the problems I, I'm going to ramble here. This is part of the ADHD. That, no, so, so people can, people are going to try and connect these dots, but um, typically a lot of the people who are fans of mine, like they love, like, I guess not all my fans, but some of the people who love being the victim of mental health. And I don't, I feel like you can, you can struggle with mental health, but you don't have to be a victim of it. But I think some people enjoy being the victim and they like bragging about like, oh, I got this disorder, this disorder. I'm like, last time I checked, I'm not going, hey, guys, I got fucking depression. It's fucking awesome. You right. Know? <laughs> right. Um, I don't like to tell people what I struggle with because I don't want to burden other people with my problems. You know, and you tell someone, yeah, I battle with depression, social anxiety, ADHD. They're going to be like, oh, see you later, you know, or you maybe don't you don't talk to them as much. Uh, but people always feel like I have to tell them uh, what mental illness I have to, to justify creating mental health artwork. I was like, I didn't realize that there was a fucking rule set to, to, to no. draw like mental yeah, health. There isn't. You, know? like, <laughs> you don't know I'm anybody just, that. Yeah. I'm just trying to raise awareness and it seems like it's working. It's pissing off enough people. So it must be doing something right. Yeah. <laughs> Truthfully, I mean, honestly, if it's pissing some people off, you're doing something right, which means that it's, you know, it's establishing, like, you're getting a rise out of people that also remember that 
at least this is to me, like if somebody is shitting on you for something like that and coming at you with that kind of an aggression, that's the top layer of some darker, more fucked up shit that's going on underneath that layer to them. Right. So it's a, it's very much a projection, very but so, like, yeah. you know, hundred percent. So chances are honestly, a lot of these people that think that you're cashing in on mental illness or whatever the fuck, they honestly probably are also the prime candidates for people that should look at your artwork and actually right. get the inspiration <laughs> out of it. Yeah. So it's like, listen, when I'm done telling you to go fuck yourself, I'm going to love this drawing. <laughs> like, you know, well, like, I should I, clarify that. Yes, I do make money off this artwork. It's my fucking job. Like, it's right. my livelihood. My artwork, my clothing brand, that allows me to pay for my house, pay my, you know, for food, get my kids gifts. So, yeah, there, you know, I've, in the beginning in 2016, when we, when I first came out with all this stuff, we had a lot of money come in at us. You know, people bought all the, all the books and everything that we released. And I saw my business partner, I was like, we got to do something with this money. Like we need to keep some of this money for sure because that's awesome because we're both poor as fuck, but we should do something good with this money too. So we end up donating like ten thousand dollars to uh, was it the Treatment Advocacy Center of Mental Health and Research, which was one of the top uh, charities that uh, Robin Williams' wife had recommended because they use ninety five percent of any donation towards research. So a lot of these other places like Red Cross and all that, all those other fucking places, uh, a big chunk of that goes to their CEOs first. So Goodwill's the same way. Um, so a lot of people were like, hey, you're just cashing in. I'm like, you know, last time I checked, we donated a fuck ton of money. Not saying that makes us better, but I was like, well, what did you do? Besides coming here and shit, you know, trying to shit on me. Yeah. I'm like, I'm raising awareness and I'm trying to donate money for continuing research. You know, the Treatment Advocacy Center is big into treatment without medication so trying to understand the illness better to where we don't just keep throwing pills at it so i felt like that was a good one because i do feel like you know we're obviously over medicated um and but yeah i you know i am a business so i do take money from it you know but the way i justify it i guess is i'm giving this artwork out there you know you don't have to buy it you by no means have to buy the artwork you can right click save it print the fucker off yourself and then you have your piece you know or just admire it you don't owe me like no one owes me anything if you want to purchase it though you know that supports me and allows me to keep creating artwork like that to where i don't have to get a 40 hour week job and then try and find spare time to keep creating artwork that you enjoy also can we can we can we throw it out there really quick that you should make money on your art yeah like i mean it's not even it's ridiculous. That shouldn't that, even be a question. Like you absolutely should make well, money for your art. Well, you would think you know? that, but it's still one of those. It's kind of like if you're like a comedian, a Twitch streamer, uh, OnlyFans creator. Like if you tell like I, so I live in Ohio. So Ohio's very nine to five. You work in a factory, beat your wife, drink your beer. I don't know. Mm. That's how they all are, but that's most of it. Uh, or you go to college and you go you know, become a, like a nurse or something like that, which I end up doing. Um, but when you tell them, every time I tell them, like, oh, hey, what do you do for a living? I'm like, uh, I do artwork. I run a clothing brand. They're like, oh, cool. Like, what's your real job? I'm like, that is my real job. Right. And they're just like, oh, well, you, how do you live in the house that you live in? I'm right. like, 
I'm good at it. Yeah, I'm good at my job. You know, yeah. like, oh, I sell drugs on the side. I don't know. Like, right. I, I smuggle. Um, but it's always this. I literally just posted a thing on my Facebook page about uh, I've been having a bunch of fake accounts come out on the Facebook uh, pretending to be me called like Sean Dash, Dash Costs Live and been sending friend requests to all my fans saying, hey, give me your bank information. I'll send you a thousand dollars or give me your credit card information. And I put a post out there saying like, Hey, I need you guys to report this because when I report Facebook says it's not really uh, crossing any lines on the, our standards. I'm like, they're pretending to be me and they're scamming people for their credit cards. How is that not against your community standards? I I got a, I got, I got a week suspension for calling somebody uh, a coward for saying that they were going to beat up homeless people. So, um, uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, that seems like a real... <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. Facebook like, needs to get the priority straight. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, I was the bully. But whatever. Like, um, you yeah. Know, um, but, um, but, yeah. They, I uh, think uh, people might actually uh, be... I think they go after you because, because what Jonas said, the accuracy of your work. Like, you nail the feelings in ways that you didn't see before and i think that for lack of a better word triggers them it, it yeah, affects them say, it's, it's very triggering and yeah it affects the them and they lash right back out because yeah. that's you know well they say i should put do. trigger warnings and i'm like look this is gonna maybe just be like an old curmudgeon but i was like i'm 38 years old i've been doing artwork for a long time i'm not gonna put a fucking trigger warning on my work i don't give a shit i'm sorry <laughs> that may not be that's not pc at all but Fuck your trigger warning. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I, if you don't like my artwork or, or if it's triggering, just don't come to my page. Uh, I'm not forcing you to look at my work. And I pissed off a lot of people about that uh, because I don't put trigger warnings on anything I do. And I said, I don't have to. I don't have to. It's you know, my job. I, mean, I, like, I own I, the company. I, I, I don't I, have to do it. Right. And I'm like, I'm super pro trigger warning, um, but I don't necessarily know if this falls into that line, even as. Even as a, like, I, I really feel like the, like the hate tosser Jew is a little bizarre because, a, um, it's not like even if you were like directly like dealing with like even directly profiting off of mental illness. I mean, it's not like there are fucking bazillions of people. Like, if this is a very small slice of the industry. Even if it was directly like the very small slice of the industry behind, uh, you know, I mean, like. God damn, there's entire like music genres and like you know what I mean? Like, I mean, there's so much movies about mental illness and depression and like so much of it out there. I mean, I think that this is this is um like like this is I mean it's really like great art and this isn't like but it's like oddly like mild on that front, or even like on trigger right. warning stuff. It's like literally just kind of like like just kind of like and it's just like a little bit of like light horror art with like a kind of like a kind of like old school sort of edge to it. Like a, um, you know, there's a, like a little Adams family edge to it. And it's, um, you know, I, so I guess, I guess I just kind of feel like it's a, um, like anybody who's kind of like worked up about your product. Um, right. Um, Cause I'm not drawing like, like I understand trigger warnings when it comes to like friends of mine who are like sexual, who've been uh, sexual assault victims. So if I'm drawing something that's showing an assault, yes, I understand like that deserves a true warning. 
um, for yeah. So I shouldn't say I'm anti trigger wording because you're right. Some things they need it. Uh, my artwork, I don't think it needs it. <laughs> like, I, I don't think no. it needs it. I don't think it needs it either. And I mean, and I and like and like I know this sounds weird, but like like I, I like it's like. I don't want to like lessen the quality of trigger warnings by like by just like everything having them because then we just start excluding people from seeing things and like seeing like like I'm, I'm like literally like looking at the imagery the entire time we're talking here but just like I mean just like the art on here I'm looking at the t-shirts right now on your on the, the uh, any means necessary website um, I'm going to keep plugging it so people can hear it again. Um, <laughs> yeah, we got our trademark finally going through. We're actually, there's another guy who owns by any means necessary. So right. we, we actually hired lawyers because we had to, wow. to get rid of it. So then we can actually own any means necessary trademark. That's a, that's an interesting, uh, that's an interesting thing to own. I mean, I, I've always just known it as a, you know, Malcolm said it. Yeah. That's um, what we have. a Yeah. There's a very interesting backstory to the whole any means necessary. Um, I'm, I'm certain there are. But uh, the uh, some of the stuff, just like the always make you smile. Oh, it's so good. Um, like I don't know. Like it's just kind of like I don't like. Do they put trigger warnings on like the fucking creepy Joker uh, comic books and shit like that? I don't know. Right. Like it's just it's just like I I guess like yeah. Um, anyways, it's um, sort of it's just the, the it's what your art is like. Like I right. guess a trigger warning for Sean. Like that doesn't well, make sense. Something. <laughs> uh, what probably one of the best quotes that I still live by today. Uh, I'll give you a little backstory. So C2E2 Comic Con convention back in 2011. It was my first time meeting the Sign and Happiness guys. It was my first time working with them, and they let me bring out my own art prints. And one of my prints was a uh, a baby, a dead baby with headphones on, going like this, and it said "Stillborn to Rock." Uh, for people who don't know what I was doing, he was throwing, throwing up the devil's sign with his hands, the horns, uh, had headphones on, had X's over his eyes. And this girl came up, who I guess is the librarian. Apparently, she's notorious for coming every year and finding someone to be offended by. And right. she came and literally just lit me up and handed me a, a laminated card of her dead baby, uh, which was super weird to me. And she super goes, I want, you, I want you to have this. And I felt like a dick because I was going to ask her if, I, if this was the rookie card, but I didn't. <laughs> I did not ask her that. <laughs> but she was telling me this in front of the guys who own the company. I'm thinking, fuck, this is my first time at a Comic-Con convention, and I'm already fired. And she walked away, and uh, Rob Denbleicher, who's one of the original creators of the comic, looks at me and goes, what was that about? I told her, and I was like, yeah, she's super offended. And he goes, you know, there's no such thing as offensive, only offended. Like you have to, you have to choose to be offended. Now, I guess not choose, but like stuff that offends me. So like I'm big in the, uh, I guess, gay community. Like I, I have a lot of friends who gay, bisexual, uh, trans, all that stuff. I'm a huge supporter of that. Um, my business partner never didn't grow up in that world. So we we don't really see eye to eye on it, but when people make fun of gay people, it's offensive to me, but mm. it's because of, I guess my background with it, but it may not be offensive to someone else. So offensive is like a subjective term. And when people are like offended by my mental illness artwork, it's like, well, 
just because you're finding an offense doesn't mean someone else does. Everyone has a different line, you know, like right. abortions are funny as hell to me. You know, we lost a baby, uh, <laughs> not from an abortion, but we, you know, we had to have like an ectopic uh, emergency surgery, which is pretty much termination of a baby. Uh, I still make fun of abortions. Like I draw abortion pictures all the time at comic cons because uh, they're funny as fuck to me. Uh, but to some people that might be super offensive and it's just like, it's all depending on the person. So it's hard uh, when people are like, well, that's offensive. I'm like, no, it's offensive to you. Uh, and given, I mean, obviously there are like widely accepted offensive things like uh, someone using the N word. That's offensive across the board. <laughs> I, I think, I think with ever, like, I think like, the, I think the thing that makes things different is like, if you're dealing with like, um, I think if you're dealing with oppression backed, offensiveness that you enter into a different subject where like the offensiveness actually has like harmful intent um like or like will cause harm because like um because of the the oppressive principle like you're intentionally trying well, if, if you say something about a vulnerable class of people that is that is intended to demean them and they're already in a vulnerable state um, I think it goes beyond defensive and it goes into the reality of like, okay, this is, this is, this is a, a form of violence at this point. Yeah, like but if, at but, that point. Right. Exactly. Where yeah. like, because like you were actually like affected by, um, you know, because people are actually like affected by those things. And I mean, the, the, the bullets in those cops guns um, aren't just rogue cops. It's just because the status quo is, is that these particular people in society um, have, have less value and they're, or are scary or whatever. And their right. job, their job is to, they're the armed enforcement of that status quo. Um, but then there's a flip side to it where it's like, um, there's like nothing like, there's nothing oppressive about what you're, what you're making. And so like, that's the, and I think that that's what, when, when people like, when people say racist, when they're like, well, I'm white and then people are racist against me. And yeah, that sucks, but you're not being oppressed. You don't have oppression right. behind those racial terms. And like, and so that's what like, you know, so like when I look at your art, like to me, it's just like art. And that's when you get into like, to me, that's where you get into like censorship and trying to like curb people from doing things, which is like, people should be seeing art that speaks to people with mental illness. Um, people should be seeing it because like just seeing it, like just seeing the brain when it's just like, it's all in your head, just seeing that quote is something that I need to remind myself of. Um, like um, I, I am not, I'm less of a depression person and more of an anxiety person. I don't care what happened behind me. I care about what's coming. And um um, and I, and I spend a whole lot of time, I can spend a whole lot of time in that. And so just to see that it's all in your head, um, cause when you start looking at it that way, it really, I mean, for me, that's like my, that's how I get through it is I just see it that way, that way. Like, this is just something that's happening to me. And it's actually right. like kind of funny because it's so fucking ridiculous, you know, that's um, a unique take on the, that artwork. Cause the meaning behind it is actually, uh, it came from the mockery that people do of mental illness. So like when I would have uh, my social anxiety issues, people would always be like, dude, it's just in your head. It's just in your head. Right. I'm like, it's not, I'm freaking out. <laughs> like, well, and, 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 right. That doesn't make it any less real. That's not, that, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is like, like, yeah, like sometimes I have to remind myself like this shit is, yeah. like, this is a bullshit story I'm telling myself, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you gotta like talk to yourself. Like my, my business partner does that. He has anxiety a lot and it's gotten better. He's like, he microdoses with mushrooms now and he's been able to get off of his uh, antidepressants because of it, which is awesome. 
uh, I don't recommend that to everyone else do your research, but it's helped him. <laughs> but when he would, he would have anxiety to a point where he thought he was having a heart attack every night. He said every night it was like an hour and a half where he's just like, okay, is this a heart attack or am I having anxiety? Because obviously if you've had anxiety, that chest tightness and the numbness to your arm uh, that can happen feels like a fucking heart attack mm -hmm, or at least what they tell you. And so then you start thinking that you're having a heart attack, which causes your anxiety to keep going higher. Yeah. And you're literally trying to talk yourself down and tell yourself, look, it's just in your head. Just get over this. Get over this. Uh, I think a lot of people miss that when you, when you say I have anxiety. They just go, oh, you're just nervous or you're just scared of things. Oh, no. Ner nervous is great. Uh, anxiety is, is like fucking exhausting. You know, like, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah, everybody everybody gets nervous to go to a job interview or whatever like that. Uh, anxiety is, um, um, I, 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 yeah, I put myself in the hospital twice with it. I, um, I, my face turned numb once. I was so freaked out that I, and then I thought I was having a stroke. Um, and then like, and then you start going, and, and it's just like, you just like, like you're saying, you start thinking you have a heart attack. It's like everything yep. just starts to, um, where you get cerebral palsy uh, <laughs> right. for like a, a brief time. Cause like your face is paralyzed because you cause so much stress. Exactly. Um, I, I, I had it so bad once that I, uh, that it, uh, for so long that it actually like increased my uh, uh, thyroid. Um, and then when the thyroid goes, then you're basically like in the burning house all the time, you know? And yeah. so like, uh, then you start like thinking like shit's following you. And you're like, boy, this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is fun thank you you know like, like the lead actor in it follows exactly there. except like <laughs> except just just way more boring and, uh, <laughs> and, 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 right and like and the chicks definitely don't want to go out with you um you know what i mean so um it's uh um, you're like yeah I'm, like gary goldman says i was having like people are like oh you're you're antidepressants uh, don't they cause like sexual problems he's like oh i was having so much sex while i was in a fetal position on the couch um <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah it's a uh, um yeah i you know i i, I really love this topic and, and i'm sorry if i've uh, if i've uh, taken over the conversation uh, fellow guys because uh, this is just something that's really um so important to talk about and uh, something that affects so many uh people every day and um and how we uh, and um, so many people um, um, just don't even don't even feel like they're really alone in the whole process. So, yeah. well, I mean, listen. At the end of the day, mental illness is horrific. Like, yeah. I mean, it is. You know, and dealing yeah. with it is. And also, like when I look at your art, that's kind of one of the things that immediately pops out at me is that you have this. Like, it looks like it is. Um, <laughs> it looks like it is something that has been inspired by horror because at least to me, because like the actual, like people in it, they have like a, a ghoulish look to them almost, you know, that mm -hmm. type of thing. So like, was it actually inspired by horror or is that just what your brain made, <laughs> made uh, them look like? Well, I've always been drawn to horror. Uh, my mom was a diehard, or still is, a diehard Stephen King fan. We actually used to drive by his house in Maine all the time when I lived up there. And she used to always say, hey, that's his, you know, the red brick building with, uh, he had like the cast iron gates with the bats on it. And we used to always drive by it on the way to visit my grandparents. And she's always like, oh, that's Stephen King's house. And she used to read Stephen King to me at a real young age. Uh, you know, when I was five years old, when I watched The Fly, Alien, like she literally raised me on it. Which, you know, I used to have nightmares all the time. And people always ask why I drew dark stuff. I used to always say, I don't know. I just fucking draw dark stuff. And then I look back and go, 
damn, my mom fucked me up. Like, <laughs> That's what I was watching. watching. Fucking Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees. Like, I was watching all the shit at like five, six, seven years old. And I've always been drawn more towards that darker artwork. Uh, but in terms of the characters, uh, when I first started doing it, I wanted to create a, sim- a more simplistic character uh, uh, in my style that I could uh, have like a more simpler silhouette that could deliver the message better. Because I think going back to the statement before about a lot of people who create artwork for mental illness, it's always like big elaborate pieces that look just chaotic. And I feel like, you know, your message gets lost in that. So I was like, I'm going to try and quote unquote, dumb it down while still having my style. Uh, But yeah, I've always drawn like kind of creepier creatures. Uh, Happy go lucky shit's always bored me. Drawing realistic stuff's always bored me. Cause I'm like, it's already out there. Like I don't want to draw a tree because it's already, it's already existing. Like I want to draw shit that doesn't exist. And you know, I've always been a fan. I've always been gravitating towards like horror, uh, sci-fi stuff, like my whole life. I like that. I like that you take some stuff that's like automatically like a happier, brighter thing and turn it fucked up. Like the Rainbow Bright picture is awesome. Like that's, oh, yeah. that's <laughs> dude, love that stuff. Like that is really cool to me. And also, like here, quick question since you brought this up, uh, what do you think is probably the most underrated Stephen King movie? most underrated yeah which one is better than people give it credit for because he has a lot of shitty movies like translations right. well I feel i'll like tell there's... you what the first it movie fucking sucks <laughs> like it does it does fuck Shane curry like i respect the dude but <laughs> i'm sorry Skarsgård blows pennywise out of the water with his I, style i 100 percent agree yeah yeah and everyone who goes so everyone who's ever argued with me on this point, I'll answer your question here in a second, but I got to get this part out. <laughs> um, everyone's like, you know, fucking uh, the first one was way better. I'm like, go watch that fucking movie. Go watch it right now and tell me that's better. And they'll watch it and be like, God, that was terrible. I'm like, yeah, yeah it was garbage. Garbage. Um, in terms of, I don't know. So like the ones I've watched, Pet Cemetery is still a, a very close one to me like i that was like one of the ones i remembered uh i watched uh salem's lot um but i never really read critics so i never really knew like what people hated uh i think everyone hated lawnmower man i think no one liked that movie i don't know i liked it because it was like the first time you saw like a cgi character um right. Right. but i would have rather have seen like what the book was like the the fat naked guy dragging his dick in the grass yeah. and yeah. you know his lawnmower just moving around on its own yeah it's oh. a lot different story than movie maximum overdrive there you go there's your answer maximum that's overdrive. my favorite i love great, that a great answer yeah i was directed by overdrive. cocaine yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was the for sure cocaine yeah <laughs> yeah um, no that's it that was that was the best answer like it's straight yeah. up i mean 100%. honestly though like all of his movies were pretty bad like sometimes they come back pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pet Cemetery, I felt was really. I felt like Pet Cemetery, Pet Cemetery was one of his more like complete projects that didn't really suck. You know, the worst part yeah. was the little boy. His acting just wasn't great. But I was like, it's a little boy, whatever. Right. Um, yeah, kids are terrible in movies. Right. Almost a hundred percent. Oh of yeah. The time. <laughs> but see the, that 
the it movie the remake those kids are phenomenal like yeah yeah i was like damn I was like, what were those kids back then but right <laughs> yeah i just i find my own love for movies so like i i hate reading reviews i hate reading critics because i'm like dude that's your fucking opinion and right. i've had people i have friends who are like professional critics and they try to explain to me why their their reviews like matter i'm like but they don't it's your own fucking <laughs> like you not liking it sounds like i'm not allowed to like it like why can't i like that movie well it's uh, kind of the same thing with like award shows and shit same thing with the award shows where it's just like yeah. no no it matters that it got a grammy like no it fucking it matters that it got a golden Dude, globe no it of, fucking doesn't like most of these movies in the fucking oscars i've never heard of i'm like who the fuck is this like Richards? yeah it didn't change the movie either. Like, if you didn't see it yeah. or you didn't like it, just because it got an award doesn't make it better. Well, like, um, <laughs> what was, uh, was it Glass? Was that the, the most recent M. Night Shyamalan movie? Yeah. So, no, yeah. was that the right Out of one? the was trilogy. It? Out of the trilogy, yeah, the last one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, the only thing I didn't like about that movie was The Secret Society. That was it. Other than that, I thought it was great. I was like, dude, fuck yeah. Uh, now, give it. I'll tell you, this is the worst part. So being a mental health advocate, I'm not supposed to like Split, but I love that movie. And people are like, well, it makes DID people, you know, it gives them a bad name. I was like, but you're talking about it now. Now you're talking about DID. And now people are looking it up going, oh, well, that's not really how it is in real life. But now I'm learning something. And I was on a podcast last year with a uh, a therapist and someone else who does like he did like psychology behind batman and joker and like he's like a, a fucking doctorate in psychology and mental health stuff like that and as soon as i told him i like split his attitude changed so quickly towards me he was such a prick to me and i was like dude i was like the fact that we're even talking about split and how they got DID like wrong or gave it like this darker name. I was like, we're talking about it. We're talking yeah. about it in public and bringing awareness to it. So people who go, dude, that's super cool. I'm going to read up into that. And they go, well, this doesn't really fit the movie, but this is super interesting. And yeah. Maybe and they they've know learned like that. Yeah. They've learned yeah. something. And yeah. And now they can bring that forward. Yeah. So yeah, yeah those kind of gateway movies, I, I don't get upset really. Also, they're movies. Like it wasn't a documentary. <laughs> like, I, I'm like, come on, guys. Like, like you can, like if it's also like it's a sci, it's a superhero sci-fi movie. Like you yeah. can't really even like once you get into like the technical anything science, it's out the window regardless. Right. Um, the only thing I didn't like about Gla I like that entire series all the way through except the very ending. Which part? Where, the done just getting killed so easy. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the that I didn't terrible. see comment. I figured they're doing it because Bruce Willis is getting too old and he can't keep doing these fucking, you know, in that Sure, movies, but, but he's still, I thought that about him a long time ago and he keeps doing action yeah. flicks. I wish James McAvoy kept doing it. I just love that dude as an actor. Yeah, like, he's, yeah, just he's great. Um, that feels like such a weird hill to die on for people, though, with Split because mm. it's like, like really, like one of his personalities crawls on the ceiling like the fucking exorcist. Exactly. Right. Like, dude, like, 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 that's not real. Like that's what? not realistic at all. Yeah. But they they saw no. it. At least the people who had took who took issue was it was further stigmatizing mental illness. And I said, you don't get to decide that. And I keep trying to tell people that, like, 
who come at me saying like I'm further because a lot of people the, the biggest issue people see with my work is they think I'm monsterizing their mental illness. So I'm calling people with mental illness monsters. Uh, that was always the biggest thing because obviously they don't know who I am. They don't know my artwork. So when they see it, they see dark creatures and it says depression. They're like, I'm not, and I usually get like, I'm not a monster. Fuck you for saying I am. I'm like, I never said you were, but instead of asking me what the meaning was, you decide to be a victim right off the bat as opposed to like, Hey, let's educate. Let's find out. Um, and typically I tell people like, look, I'm not drawing you as the monster. I'm drawing your mental illness as the monster because last time I checked, it's not fun to have it. I, I don't know anyone who goes, dude, I <laughs> yeah. love it. I Are your, love is your depression feeling. made of rainbows and balloons right. <laughs> like well, floating behind so, you? Someone told me that uh, their depression, they saw as like shooting stars and it made no goddamn sense to me. And they're like, yeah, it was like shooting stars over like a quiet, like garden. I'm like, the fuck? Okay. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? If that's how your depression feels, by all means, mine yeah, is that way. Exactly. Everybody's um, going to feel different. Yeah. And that, that's another thing I tell people all the time. Like, uh, when I'm designing that artwork, I'm taking something that is so vast and so different to one person to the next and trying to capture it all into one image. It's impossible. I'm doing You do a really effect. good job. Yeah. I tr I try, but I can't tell you how many times like with bipolar or uh, borderline personality, someone will come in like, I don't agree with this at all. That's not at all how I feel. I'm like, okay, but these 30 other people say it does. So maybe your symptoms are different and that's fine. This piece wasn't for you. And I'm like, well, draw, draw it like mine. I'm like, I'm not Carson Daly and this is not TRL. So uh, I don't do total request live for all you young people who don't know what that is. Um, I, I, it's There's so many I, people I that are just going to be like, who's Carson Daly? Who's I know, right? <laughs> that joke hit so hard 10 years ago and it does nothing now. They're like, okay, grandpa, Carson Daly, he's on, uh, was it today show now? <laughs> like he's so far from what it used to be. I, uh, I hate to break it to you guys, but my mental illness actually is a unicorn, but it's the <laughs> unicorn that kills people in Cabin in the Woods. So, um, like, <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> oh, can we talk about that movie? That movie? Yes. Yes. All yeah. the time. So the only thing I hate is the fact that I think Joss Whedon got caught stealing that movie from a writer. I don't know if that came out to be true, but I think that's what prevented him from making a sequel. Not to mention Joss Whedon's like also a piece of shit now. Oh, um, right. But... From what I had read, that whole concept was written in a book that he like somehow got a hold of. I don't know if that's mm. true, but that movie, amazing. Fucking yeah, love that movie. So good. Yeah, it's, so, it's so good. Everything about that movie. I'm like, this is everything I've wanted. After, like Scream 1 was phenomenal. I loved mm. the just, it flipped the horror genre. Mm. Cabin in the Woods, I felt like did the same thing. It literally just took the tropes and... I remember when they did the first scene where the two guys are driving down this long, you know, corridor. I'm like, the fuck happens? Like, what movie am I watching? And I'm yeah. like, oh my god, like this is everything I've wanted in a horror movie. Exactly. It's it's um and like that self-reflective sort of both of both scream, actually it's it's cool that you mentioned them both together because both scream and um Cabin in the Woods like take that like look at itself as a horror movie. 
Yeah. And like and like and and take those tropes and just like how cool super that is. self-aware. So, yeah, just meta kind of meta, meta, death of false meta. But um but it's yeah, um, I think that would be the use of meta, yeah. Is that meta? Is that I, I um, never understood the use of meta, but I think that is the right way. <laughs> <laughs> meta is like a movie within a movie or like a like a term within a term or like a theme within a theme type of thing. Okay. Um it's that type of shit. The thing that was cool about Cabin in the Woods is that also it was a bait and switch. Yeah. So like yes. Cabin in the Woods made you feel for the first 25 minutes that it was going to be the same troped out piece of shit. And then it just completely flipped. Yep. Right. That's what I loved about it is like, uh, you know, Chris Hemsworth character is going to be like, I'm going to be the fucking hero. I'm going to ride this motorcycle off and just <laughs> fucking splat. I'm like, dude, sure so good. Dude, so good. I'm like, this is everything I wanted, you know? I and, wish it would have came out with a sequel, though. I, th- I think a sequel would have been amazing. Um, I would have fucked it up, but yeah, and the whole elder ones shit at the end, like yeah. so exciting to me. Like even just after all those great, like every type of, of monster you could think of, like yeah, like just it, like like put away like toys, like displayed, like and then released, and uh, and then it turns out it's like these elder gods, like Lovecraftian shit. It's so <laughs> awesome, <laughs> and I, the stoner is a fucking badass. Yeah. When she hit that red button and let all of those, all of the everything dude, out. It was so <laughs> sexy. All that blood everywhere. Yeah. yeah, dude. That was like, that was the biggest release of like, oh, I've been waiting for this the whole time. You know? Oh, yeah. man. I loved all the, like, the the references. Like, they had, like, their pinned head, but he had, like, the souls on his head and shit like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just loved it. I, I wanted a whole, it's like 13 Ghosts. That's another underrated movie that, I fucking love that movie. I I've, yeah. I don't know how many times I've seen that goddamn movie, and also because I look like fucking Matthew Lillard. But um, <laughs> Ocean Ghost, we're, we're giant fans of Matthew Lillard here. Yeah, we're we're yeah. like the, we're oh, like yeah. we're like a Matthew Lillard. We're kind of like essentially the Matthew Lillard fan club. Really? Like, yeah, we're we're. <laughs> I'm uh, destined <laughs> to meet this dude because everyone always goes, you know, you look like Matthew Lillard. Like, I've been called that since Scream One came out. Like, you know, you look like him. I'm like. Well, I wish I was because I'd have his money right now, but uh, right. I'm not him. And he's also much taller than I am. But You, you uh, for real look like him, though. Yeah, like, I know. Right? I, well, I look like the younger version. He didn't age well at all. <laughs> like He posted a picture, uh, I think, last year. Where he goes, I think I'm gonna look. I think I'm gonna try and play Trump in the in his uh, bio, uh, the biopic. Because like he had like the jowl and everything. I'm like, oh god, he does look like Trump. Wow. He's what good. happened? He's pretty good on Good Girls. You know, he's got he's got like an odd yeah. range because like he can play pretty pretty straight. He was good in the the uh, the new um, um, Twin Peaks too. Um, yeah, oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah, he's uh, there's he's a, a great pilot on youtube if you can find it i can't remember exactly what it's called but it's i think like area 53 or something it's and it's about uh uh alien is being kept on this base played by um uh paul rubens peewee and uh and matthew <laughs> lillard and jane lynch i believe or and, and somebody else i can't remember but it's very good and the pilot it, it didn't get picked up but the pilot's on youtube i'll try to find it i liked uh him and hackers uh yeah <laughs> way back then angelina jolie and i swear the main character was like named zero cool i think was what his name was but yeah i loved uh I, i've watched a lot i didn't see him in scooby-doo i always get that one a lot he always goes zoinks at me uh um, you know, you know what's i love funny those with, movies <laughs> they're so dumb but they're fun um 
But like the thing with Matthew Lillard that's funny is like I think all the things that we love about him, other people kind are of, like other like things kind of shit on a little bit. Like personally, I love him in Scream, but one of the things I love about him in Scream is that he's so animated in it as Stu. Yeah. And then like I watched the Honest trailer for the Scream movie, and you know how through the Honest trailers like they'll you know they'll make fun of certain aspects of the movie or whatever. Um, yeah. And it says like now we're gonna watch a part where Matthew Lillard does the most uncomfortable mouth things for like <laughs> you know for twenty straight minutes, and it shows him doing like the you know all the stuff that he um, does in the movie with his face doing like rubber face type of shit. Yeah. Um, which I think is great. I think it's hilarious. I think that was actually one of the funnier parts of the movie is every time he would make like a make light of, you know, somebody's going to come in and like kill you. He's be like, I'm going to be right back. You know, shit oh, like yeah. that. <laughs> I and love like, that uh, SLC Punk. Like he was amazing in that one too. Yep. Yeah. It was Area 57. It's on Area YouTube. Area 57? Yeah, check it out. It's very funny. I so wish the, they had picked the it. The other up. six got rated so much that they got oh, okay. It's fifty-seven. <laughs> we got this. Dude, <laughs> it's funny that this one. It's funny that you brought up a uh, thirteen ghosts because I think how many times is this that we either like either us or a guest has brought up that they love thirteen ghosts. Really? Like this is yeah. It's been a bunch. Like I'm a we big all fan. love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't we all any, love that movie. A lot of people shit on it for like, well, it's a dumb, dumb storyline. I'm like, dude, you know what? Like you were saying in the very beginning, like. Sometimes you don't need to have a fucking well-thought-out story. It can just be entertaining. Like, yeah. Pacific Rim. There ain't no fucking <laughs> substance in that. But you get kaiju and giant fucking Super robots cool. fighting. Yeah, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Like, I was right? so into those movies. I was entertained <laughs> for the whole time. I'm like, this is yep. amazing. Like, everyone's, like, my friends used to make fun of me growing up because they watched, like, all the, you know, super psychological movies that, you know, really made you think. I'm like, dude, that's cool and all. But sometimes I just want to sit there and just be fucking dumb, you know, and just watch dumb shit. And I was like, there's nothing wrong with that. And people always like try and shit on you for like liking dumbass movies. But yeah, that's I, uh, I, mean, I mean, dude, we're in horror. So half of the movies that we love, I know, are right? movies, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. oh, I, I, I will go to my grave as Blair Witch. Two as one of Book oh of Shadows as, as one of my favorite movies. So <laughs> so everybody can just piss off. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> like, like I, I think that movie's great. I think it's got like amazing scenery. It's good. Like, like it like has great shots of stuff. And the guy who made it, I really want to get him on the show at some point. He um he's like he does he did uh, all the stuff for um uh, that uh, Paradise Lost on the uh, West Memphis Three. He did. He's that. Oh yeah, oh, nice, it's, nice. It's the same director. He's like a really big. He's really big on the Innocence Project stuff. Um, That's a he, that was a good documentary too. Yeah. Yeah. He also he also made um, <clears throat> the Metallica documentary, but um, but he uh, <laughs> um, he's, uh, he's uh, some kind of monster. But um, listen, oh, I yeah. okay okay here. I gotta say this. Like I'm I'm an unapologetic Metallica fan, even though I know that they're trash, and that's fine. But the Some Kind of Monster documentary, like that movie or whatever you want to call it, documentary, whatever, it was a good, well-done thing. It just happened to be about Metallica, okay? It's not That's like the that. The most boring part of their career. Right. It was. It is for sure. But I will say that it was still well-made. Like, it actually, as like Absolutely. the director, yeah, like that type of thing. It's not like that fucking weird-ass concert action movie thing that they tried to do that was called Through the Never. Like, where it was some fucking dude's journey to the concert, and it had, like, sci-fi elements and shit. Like, it is that what? Chronic- it was that Chronicle kid, right, Paul? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was the same Paul dude. Something. And, like, yeah. 
I watched that because I was like, I like Metallica. I'll like this. And then I watched it. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, this it was is, hard. Yeah, like, what is this? I enjoyed that Chronicle movie, too. Speaking of... Yeah, Chronicle's dope. I like that. Yeah. Very I mean, underrated. I mean, honestly, like, yeah, Metallica gets a lot of shit now because they've... But, like, how many... Ba- how many, like, they have, like, four absolutely phenomenal records. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, like... Like okay, yes, and the, the the stream of their career, their batting average has been lowered now. But like, there aren't that many bands who have like that many great records. I'm sorry, like it puts them into a, a very big category. And I think those first four Metallica records, um, they're um, incredible. They're they're they're, av- they're absolutely fantastic records. I wish I'm not, I Metallica. <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 not even a, I'm not even a metal guy, but like I can really really particularly ride the lightning. Ride the lightning. I I like a little bit better than um, um, Master of Puppets, but um, I just think it's a meteor record. And as a hardcore guy, I like like a little more meat on it. But it's um, but I actually like Injustice for All an awful lot as well. It's, Injustice it's, might be my favorite, actually. I mean, yeah. for for all the oh, shitty. Oh, say kids. anger's not your favorite. That. <laughs> <laughs> Like, hey, that was like- just the weirdest move with St. Anger for me was, uh, you know, they have Kirk Hammett and there wasn't a single solo on well, that, that. Wasn't that due to fucking Lars and shit that are talking about, like, because... Yeah, they're like new metal, metal. bands. Yeah. But, like, you know, they're not doing solos. So maybe just we riffs. And Kirk's just like, what? <laughs> like, That's why right. when people are like, you, you know, I don't, I don't think bands really can sell out because um, I, I think progression in music and in anything like if you change that's good like right. some bands i want them to stay exactly the same but like most Slayer. Slayer just sure they the didn't need to go anywhere year. exactly <laughs> um but uh, most bands i want to see do new stuff every time they put out an album and uh that's uh corn so a lot of people hate corn i not me been a corn fan <laughs> since yeah i dig I mean, corn i like them. like yep. self uh self-titled but I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just being quiet over here. By the way, just just so you guys know, I I, 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 I promised that I wasn't going to shit on anything else, and so I'm not. So anyway, oh, <laughs> oh, oh that, so you're talking about corn, huh? Uh, but the reason why I like corn is because they literally sound different every fucking album. And yeah, they at least try. They put in yeah, and there's some albums new that stuff. Are just, yeah, there's some albums that are garbage. Like, and I just watched garbage. their uh, that streaming show they just did. Uh, it was really good. Uh, I don't know if I saw it. It was a couple weeks ago. Did you guys ever see that thing they did for that Path to Totality record? The one that was like the dubstep and metal mixed where they did the concert out in the middle of a cornfield? Like, that was fucking dope. Like, I don't care what you think about corn. I am a sucker for dubstep. I am such a sad sack sucker. Like when Skrillex first came out. I'm like, fuck yeah! And everyone's like, no, this is garbage. And I'm like, what? I love it. But now, so like, this... I... oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, what you were gonna say? What you're gonna say? I'll say I grew up listening to like corn, black metal, like Cradle of Filth, Demi Borger, and all that stuff. And now, like, when people go, like, oh, what kind of metal do you listen to? I'm like, I listen to hip hop, like yeah. a lot of underground hip hop. <laughs> And they're like, that's, what? Yeah, yeah. But that's that's pretty much what I listen to too. And people are, um, um, like, I think once you kind of like, oddly for me, like once I said, like, so I listened to hip hop early on, and then uh, got really into like punk and uh, some metal, but mostly like hardcore for like pretty much my whole adolescence. But like now, like, like I pretty much listen to like bands from Manchester, like, like 
Britpop kind of like uh, shit and hip hop. And it's like, it's really like all that sounds good to me anymore. It's, it's a weird, like, I feel like once you get on the hip hop train, it's just like everything. Else I just got there. into uh was it, was it called drill hop? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Like I found some like 70 year old hip hop group in England that are phenomenal rappers and they're like 70 years old, uh, like two <laughs> old white dudes. <laughs> and got me introduced to this whole like genre of hip hop that's over in like Europe. I'm like, God damn. Cause they obviously they have that awesome accent and they're rapping. I'm like, damn, I'm all about this. So I've been like listening to a lot of like European rap right now. One of the more interesting hip hop things that I've, um, that I've listened to that I kind of <laughs> turned people onto was Scroobius Pip. Scroobius yeah, Pip. That. Yeah. So he's like spoken word hip hop and he's okay. very, very, very interesting. He's got a very hard accent, um, but the themes that he uses in his music are very dark. They're very dark and fucked up and like crazy. But like he has a song called um, he has a song called uh, oh fuck I can't remember the name. It's but like the the lyrics are about Johnny Depp being a serial killer. <laughs> and it's and it's hilarious because he's doing it spoken word wise you know um so it's shit like that but even like ryan and uh graham they got me into uh clipping which i'd never really fucked with them at all and then i started listening to him as graham specifically that uh turned me on to clipping which is david diggs um his group and like their whole entire discography is about horror Oh, yes. Yeah. And they're great. They're so references. fucking good. They're so good. If you guys haven't heard, uh, are you familiar with a, a rapper named Sadistic? Yep. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. He's oh, actually yeah. a close friend of mine, uh, Cody. We, uh, I did his Flowers for My Father album cover. Uh, oh, cool. That's how, that's how we first met. And then um, I kind of like helped him, like a lot of his album covers, like adjusting images and stuff like that. But he, He's big into like the like Italian horror movies, a lot of really bad B horror movies, and I always feel so bad. Right, I used to visit him in Seattle, and we would uh, get in an altered state of mind. He tried to show me all these like B movies, and he'd be like, "Dude, this is so sick!" I'm like, "Dude, this is garbage! Like, this is all just <laughs> terrible!" And like, he's just like you just like that fucking polished horror movie shit. I'm like, yes, it looks real. This looks like (laughs) garbage. (laughs) I think once you get the eye for the Italian stuff, it's not my thing either, but like some people, like they just like, like just that, that imagery and just that, like that wallpaper of it, like is just, um... yeah, I think was it Argento. Is that the one guy? Oh yeah. Yeah. That was one of his favorite, uh, horror film guys. Uh, but I'm like, yeah, I, I trash on it. We tra- literally trash on each other all the time about horror movies because I like all the mainstream horror movies and he likes <laughs> all like the the underground. I'm like, look, dude, just because you're a fucking hipster and you like all these movies that suck. <laughs> There's a lot, awesome. lot of ball busting. But yeah, no, yeah if, you're, if you guys good. are into that hip hop, anyone who's listening to like, I definitely, I always, he's literally like my favorite musician. Uh, I, Probably a lot because like we're really good friends, and but I just I relate to all of his music. Uh, Haunted Gardens that came out, uh, Delirium, phenomenal. If you love just bangers, uh, he did a, a song called Pet Cemetery, which was super cool. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, it's that's not based a, that, on. 
oddly like I, the one of the songs I've heard from him actually. Okay, yeah. Nice. yeah, yeah. There's one called um, uh, what's the one called? Uh, there's if you had to listen to one, this is the one I tell you to listen to. I, I, oh, you're knocking my can over, cat! Damn it! <laughs> you and Graham both have both have uh, vocal cats. Yeah, my cat's a dick. He's old. And he's a he's a fucking dick. Uh, <laughs> Mine's a kitten, and he's just excited to be awake. <laughs> trying to find this one, Delirium Ultra. That's the first song. It's Ultra on that. Listen to that one. It's, Which it's, album? Uh, it's called Delirium. It's got, it's got really the the art on Delirium is really rad. Yeah, he found this photographer who does this like sick ass like photography. Yeah, and it's funny as. So I did flowers for my father, which is all photo manipulation, but I'm a fucking artist. That's the first photo manipulated album I've ever done. I always tell this dude, I'm like, you love my artwork, but you won't let me put my artwork on your goddamn album cover. <laughs> but he is, he is such a perfectionist with his, his music and like the lyrics and how and everything he does is he has the vision. He already knows what he wants, which I respect. I just, I bust his balls all the time. Cause I'm like, you literally have a friend who's an artist and you don't use any of my work. I'm offended. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and Cage was on uh, that album, Flowers for My Father. Yeah, me and Cage had a falling out. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Uh, He doesn't seem like a good guy. (laughs) It wasn't a bad falling out. Um, So I actually did the artwork for Kill the Architect. Uh, it was Shit. a fetal, yes, it was a fetal skull, but yeah, it makes sense actually. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It, <laughs> it ended up not happening because his dog had recently died and our mutual friend, Alex party has been cages close friend for years and actually did you know, his hell's winters artwork and all this other artwork for his album covers. So he ended up drawing a piece that was uh, cages dog um, licking an upside down cross of blood. And, and, right. Cage ended up using that. So Cage would call me and we would talk for like six hours on the phone over nothing. Just randomly about how he hates hip hop and he hates this and he hates that. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you're really ruining the whole like me being a fan of you. Like, <laughs> like, like I'm super excited I'm talking to Cage, but dude, you are boring the piss out of me. Um uh, but like, yeah, let me just, just call you and shit on all the things that you <laughs> like for a few hours. <laughs> right, right. Well, like, he was just, he's been through a lot. Uh, and I think a lot of it had to do with ever since uh, uh, Camu passed away, who was, like, a part of the Weathermen, um, yeah. which really kind of splintered, like, that whole group, you know, Ace, yeah. Uh, yeah. LP. Like, they all just kind of, Camu was, like, the one that, like, kept them all together, it seemed like. Yeah. And once he yeah. passed, like, they just, they fucking imploded. Um, but yeah, that's how I met, uh, sadistic was he actually reached out to me and goes, Hey man, it's like, I love that work you did for cage. We should work together. I'm like, all right, another white hip hop artist. Sure. Another Eminem <laughs> wannabe. And I right. listen to his music. I'm like, that's not bad. Okay. Like I listened to it. And this is before he started getting into the more darker stuff. Like he has an album called alters, which, uh, if you're familiar with uh, Michael Husser, who was a phenomenal oil painter, uh, he actually did the Army of Darkness uh, artwork. So you know the part where, um, what's his name? Uh, fuck. 
who's the main guy of Army of Darkness? Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. So that oh, that Bruce Campbell where he's standing up with the shotgun and it's like super yeah. like he actually oil painted that whole picture. Like oh wow. That that's whole thing's I mean. a painting and that that's Michael Husser. But he's a phenomenal artist and he actually did uh, Cody's album cover for Alter. It's the first time he'd ever done an album cover for anyone. He'll never do an album cover for anyone else either. But uh, that shit from there on, like he started getting more into like the darker or the darker music, you know, really talking about, uh, you know, anti-religion, uh, more horror themed stuff, which, you know, it's phenomenal. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of mix mo- put all of that in with like Necro. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in my brain, like I categorize that all together. Like it's right. all kind of in that same like genre of uh, of uh, um, which is uh, something I like. So, um, so just just so you guys know, really quick, I have to bounce off the episode, um, which is I kind of expected this sort of to happen. But there was like I don't know if there's like a massive wreck on the highway right now. But um, oh, it was like, seriously, it was funny because I was kind of worried that like ambulances and shit were going to come by. But there's like a whole shitload of them. So I don't know, maybe like a car exploded or something. I have okay. no idea. Um, but anyway, I'm going to bounce off. But uh, from me, Sean, thank you very much for doing the show. Fucking keep yeah, talking to these dudes. Um, and I'm pretty sure that we're probably going to do a part two with you because I feel like we have so much shit that we can talk about. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, this has been fun for me. So I'm going to bounce off. You guys have fun. And, uh, you know, as Ryan says, start some fires, break some glass. So yep. I will yeah, right, talk man. to you guys soon. All right. Yeah, don't podcast and drive. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> All right. All right. See you, Jonas. Later. Later. Later, Jonas. Uh, I love the name. I love the name Jonas because you guys ever seen the, uh, the show Dark? Yes. But, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so whenever I think of Jonas, I think of that guy. Yeah, that's that's cool. another series I feel like didn't get enough love. No. Um, well, do you want to go to questions? Um, yeah, we can jump into this. Is like, this has been like just a lot of fun just talking. Yeah, yeah. sorry, I, I tend to rant. I, uh, no, that's so exactly I what we like. To be like, hey, we're gonna wrap it up. Like, okay, cool. We we did a 30 we did a 30 minute um review of uh, Army of the Dead this morning and ended up talking about Danzig and the Misfits for probably uh 15 minutes. <laughs> Most so, of it, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 um, you know, that's that's kind of yeah, we involved. never really, yeah, it's fine. Um, okay, so yeah, this is the lightning six questions, lightning round. Um, super easy if you can pass or whatever. Um, all right, here we go. Pass on all Fred, Freddie or Jason? <laughs> Freddie, for sure, because. Do I elaborate if I want to? Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. I feel like Jason, I love Jason too. Uh, I love that un- like unrelenting force that just keeps coming after you no matter what you do. Like I love that, like just that power. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've always been a huge fan of mixing comedy and horror together. And I feel like Robert England, uh, Freddy Krueger did that. But on the flip side, I love was it Jackie Earl Ray? Uh, is, is that who did yeah. the, the remake? Yeah. I loved his version as well because they didn't shy away from the pedophilia thing, which I felt like was so much creepier. Uh, the movie wasn't, I felt the movie could have been so much better, but I loved just the seriousness of it. Cause like, that's way more terrifying to me is this thing goes, Oh yeah, I killed, you know, I molested these children. I killed them. And now I'm coming after them in their dreams. That's terrifying, especially being a parent of two kids. 
and you can't protect them. Like that's fucking yeah. horror right there. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think uh, for me, I agree. I actually uh, prefer my horror with comedy in it, but um, there's just Jason has the cool factor for me. Yeah, he does. <laughs> you know? He just, I, I actually met Kane Hodder at Sitters for Creature Con uh, two years ago. And at first he was kind of a dick to me, but I, I, do, I do come off rough on people because I just approach them and talk to them like I knew them. And after we got, to, uh, I was hanging out with Felicia Rose from Sleepaway Camp. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. She, she ended up becoming a huge fan of mine because we oh, were right. sitting right across from each other. So she's like, just would send me DMs going, hey, I'm following you now. I'm like, are you going to cut my head off too? And walk around like this? <laughs> she goes, no, but if you want me to, I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> uh, but she introduced me to Kane. And, you know, we had to talk for a, a while about, you know, just getting to, I, how he would put the mask on. He goes, yeah, I just embodied the character. And I was like, dude, like I'm literally talking to the person who terrified me as a child. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. super cool. That's super cool. Um, and yeah, Felicia Rose is awesome. That's, that's super rad. Uh, okay. What's the difference between thriller and horror? Uh, thriller was a Michael Jackson song. And um. <laughs> 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 uh, a thriller to me is one that doesn't necessarily have like a, I guess a main villain, I guess, like a serial killer or something like that. Or if they do, there's no supernatural feeling to it, at least to me. Um, and the horror obviously has like the horror elements, you know, they typically have like the tropes of, you know, the virgin, stuff like that. Uh, you have like the main killer that, stops at nothing and they just seem to be superhuman i feel like thrillers tend to seat themselves more in reality you kill someone they die they don't come back right yeah i don't know if that's um, right is that right is that close no i mean no it's 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 <laughs> no right absolutely answer. right because that's yeah there's no right answer i think that's pretty close to how uh ryan feels yeah i i, I feel like um i feel like horror is like deals with the concept of evil where thriller might not, it could just deal with like a bad person that might not be necessarily evil. Right. And there's a gray area in there where that, where that starts and where that begins. But to me, like, um, like the horror is like the, the, the battle of good versus relentless evil. And that to me, like, that's like the basis of it. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, sometimes horror, sometimes the evil's a shark. Sometimes it's a ghost. Sometimes it's a, a, a dude with an axe or a knife. Um, but one way or another, it's, it's got to be, it's, there's got to be that sort of like relentlessness to yeah. it. I think I, like an unstoppable force that is exactly. like supernatural in nature. Yeah. I, I don't even know if it has to be supernatural because like Jaws is a horror movie and you know what I mean? And um, See, I saw Jaws more as a thriller. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think, but like, but if you turn the shark into anything else, it would be a you know what I mean? Like, so yeah, it's a creature feature too, yeah, sort of, which sort uh, yeah. of puts it in. Yeah, it's a um, I, I, and I, and I, and I say this every time. It's my same joke, but I'm going to say it again. Actually, the, the real villain in Jaws is capitalism, because the way to get away <laughs> from the shark is not going in the water, but they need people to go in the water to make the town run. So, um, <laughs> so, so, like, because like sharks are easy to fucking stay away from. You're scared of sharks. It's like San Diego Comic Con. Like San Diego <laughs> needs Comic Con to happen to keep the fucking city running because they don't. Exactly. They're in debt. 
<laughs> exactly. I mean, and so um, I'll make it to San Diego one of these years. Um, yeah. But it's, it's way. Uh, it's it's a nightmare. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's a nightmare worth going to. I am. Yeah. Um, I, I I go to Rose City every year. This year I'm going to be actually in New York while it's while it's happening. Are you going to New York City Comic Con? Uh, no, I'm going to. Oh uh, damn! No, I'm going to, but um, but I um, but I usually go to Road City Comic Con here in Portland, and um, it's uh, it's uh, small and it's chill, and you get to talk to everybody. And then we go to Seattle, Emerald and it's City? like in Seattle, and it's like four, yeah, Emerald City, exactly, and it's like four, um, and it's and it's you know four stories, and it's just so full and so busy that it's like. You, I just feel like stressed out within like. Oh, then don't go to San Diego. That's what I. I <laughs> yeah. It's like I, three, four hundred thousand people. It's right. insane. Um, I think I'd go to San Diego just because I think I need to go to San Diego. I just need to right. adju- adjust my. I just you know I got a Rose City and it's, I, it's cool. when we have a booth there for the podcast. Yeah, it won't exactly. When, um, <laughs> well, honestly, if you go to San Diego and not even go to the convention you'll get the same energy because so many of those people are outside of the convention and there's so many things happening in all the different restaurants and like they have so many pop-ups like we went so obviously doing the the comic stuff i was at san diego for a couple years in a row in 2018 i went just as a a con goer uh which was way worse for my anxiety Mm -hmm. but i had more fun outside the convention than actually being in the convention because you literally just like this all the time and people just stop for no reason. So you, then you sit there for 20 minutes, but right. outside, like there's just activities happening everywhere, um, which is super cool. But I mean, and I like, and I like the cons cause I get to like, and we're kind of lucky in Portland because like David Walker lives here. Uh, uh, he was on our show recently. Uh, Greg Rucka lives here. Michael Bendis lives here. We have a, we have a good like little group of like pretty high ranking um, nice. comic artists here. And so, I like I like the smaller ones because I get to actually like just like stop and like I, I just like chatting with artists in general. Yeah, you're not rushed through it. You, exactly. You get to spend time and, and meeting like new people and buying stuff. I like supporting you know like a lot of like uh, LGBTQ artists and people of color and you know that's a big thing for me is to make sure my right, money, right. money money's going to get those good spots and um, and um, you really get that more like personal exposure. Um, there i'm not sure it's as good for the artists as it is well i don't know like um feel- it depends yeah. like even the smaller cons like uh, like I, I used to do a lot of wizard worlds which mm-hmm. are you know not the best for a lot yeah. of people but um i got to meet a lot of fans there that can't necessarily afford to go to like new york city comic-con san diego sure. right so like i I like those times where I actually get to talk to someone for more than like 30 seconds. Sure. In New York, it's like, if you're at a popular booth, uh, you literally have just seconds to say, hi, hey, nice to meet you and go to the next person. Cause you're trying to, you're trying to get to everyone that shows up. Right. Uh, So it's sometimes like, I think uh, as artists, we like to make money, but at the same time, we do like to connect with our fans and actually get to talk. Are you going to be in New York? I will be yes. So right. I did New York well, City Comic Con in 2019. I think is when I did it, uh, which was awesome. Uh, I'm in the block, and that's where I'll be this year too. Um, they reached out to me because I didn't know they were going to have a Comic Con this year, and they said, "Hey, you know, we have the block open again if you want to be a part of it." I, said, I absolutely do. Uh, 
so yeah, I'll be there. I've been like booth like fourteen twenty three, so in the block. Cool. But yeah, and please I, stop by. Yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, um, that goes from Thursday, October seventh to Sunday, October tenth. Yeah, it's really long. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's so, so long. A, that's a lot of that's a lot of Comic Con. Oh, that's a lot of yeah. con, that's a lot of convention well, center sitting. Um, and if for some reason you don't run into me there, I'm actually staying at the Yotel, so we could always run into each other afterwards. We're gonna grab like a bite or something like that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. They have amazing um, sushi there. Awesome. <laughs> um, all right. Next question. Um, keep this going. Uh, what horror movie influenced your taste the most? Oof. Fuck. <sighs> I don't know. We can pass. Uh, inf- or come back to it. I guess I'm just saying Stephen King just as a whole. Because yeah. I obviously, you know, as I said before, like I was raised on him, but not one particular uh movie like did it yeah i think it was just an overall um cat's eye was one that like that yeah. creature design really fucked me up for a very long time like i used to have night terrors of that fucking troll coming out the, out yeah. the wall um <laughs> multiple the, times the walking around the outside of the thing uh dude. The, the dude on the building i love cat's eye a lot cat's eye that's a, that's another underrated stephen king film Mm-hmm. Uh, or anthology series. Um, yeah, I remember that thing coming out with the knife and sucking the girl's breath out, mm-hmm. and I had nightmares for years from that. Like yeah. night terrors, where my dad would walk in and I'd be screaming at a corner with a knife, saying "Come on!" And <laughs> like I thought it was there uh, for the like, longest time. So I guess I would say it's probably Stephen King. Like looking back on just. That maybe the alien series, you know, I'm not a this is blasphemy to say, but I'm not a huge HR Geiger fan. Him as a person, I think he was a scumbag. Uh, I feel like he was like a woman hater that goes, Oh, women won't fuck me. Well, that's fine. I'm gonna draw these weird things, fucking them. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, obviously, he made a very iconic creature in the xenomorph. Um, yeah, so I feel like the alien series and like the Stephen King films really kind of molded me, whether I knew that or not at the time. Sure. Yeah, I think that's very similar to me. Uh, I'm a giant Xenomorph fan, and just Alien, the whole Dude, series. Across it's such the an board, iconic right? creature. Like, but yeah, it's one you of see the that anywhere. It's like that's fucking Alien. Got it. Yep. All right. If you could erase one movie from existence, what would it be? Hmm. Erase one movie from existence. I said scream just because I wanted chaos <laughs> when, when we asked the, ourselves this. Because I think scream was a pivotal uh, movie in, in, uh, in horror. And, and to, oh, yeah. to not see that turn uh, would be weird. What a movie. That's a, dude, that's a fucking hard question. Shit. Um, I have a bunch of TV series I wish were a fucking erased in their final season. But, <laughs> oh, okay, uh, go with that. Okay, so the last season of Game of Thrones, the last season of Dexter, like yeah, yeah, those can both eat shit. Agreed. Uh, but I'll still watch this new Dexter series coming up because I'm a fucking sadist and I like to be punished. Yeah. Um, but movie wise, there's really not any movie I watch where I wish I had my life. Oh, you know what? No, fuck it. Godzilla 2000. Fuck that movie. <laughs> 
<laughs> they gave fucking Godzilla an underbite. Like, what the fuck? Right, right. Fuck that movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the one. I'd erase that one. <laughs> All right, good one. Um, are ghosts real? I've never experienced one, but I hope that they are. And this goes into my existential crisis of whether there's something after life or not. Uh, it's something I struggle with literally every night for the last 10 years. I, before I go to bed, usually the last, last hour before I fall asleep, I try to imagine the moment of death, like the moment I die. And is there something afterwards? Like, do I just stop existing? and I can't think or do I come into something else and I think that's uh ghosts I hope are real because it gives me hope that there is something after even if we're just energy you know Mm -hmm. you know was it Carl Sagan I think said like we're we're all stardust um so there's the hope that there's because I'm not a believer in any religion so to speak but i'm an was that a uh, agnostic where i hope that there's something after because i feel like all this right. is too much of a coincidence and it would be very sad if this was it that that might be my favorite answer we've had so far yeah. that was really good and last one uh midsummer or hereditary oh hereditary because I saw it at Columbus at Wizard World. This guy came by and goes, hey, you're Sean. I'm like, yeah. He goes, you need to come see this movie tonight. I'm like, why? And he goes, it's <laughs> probably the scariest movie you'll ever see. So he gave us free passes to go see this movie. So I was not high. <laughs> and we're watching the film. And the scene where she's crawling up behind her son in the corner mm-hmm. where you can just barely see her yeah. was probably the most terrifying thing I've ever seen in my life at that moment. It's like one of my favorite scenes from the, from the yeah. movie, too. There's I, just something about that that's just dude, like so, so well done. I couldn't breathe. I was hitting my business partner, and I'm pointing. I'm going, oh. and he can see it for whatever reason. And I just got out. The wall, <laughs> like I just screamed, <laughs> and you know, then she jumps out and chases him, and then the whole banging her head on that, like the attic upside down, mm-hmm. and then the scene where she's fucking playing the violin on her fucking head. Uh, that movie fucking unsettled me like so hard. Yeah. Uh, Mid, I think it's Midsummer. Is I think it's how the how yeah. they pronounce it. Yep, yeah. Yep. Um, that's a fucking weird movie. The one scene that really caught me off guard was in the trees that her sister's face could be seen with yeah. the gas pipe in her mouth. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I'd heard about there was a, something in the woods. And then when I saw it, it fucked me up. Yeah. Um, but it, it was more artsy, I think, than horror to me. Uh, Hereditary was just terrifying. Like, yeah where the girl's head gets hit off you know and just that silence i had to re-watch the the movie co- completely because after she gets her head knocked off i i was shook for the whole rest of the Dude. movie i couldn't get my bearings back i couldn't concentrate I was it like, was 
nuts when it yeah. happened. Because, so I had to rewatch it and oh, like yeah. I knew at least I knew it was coming. And then once I saw it fully all the way through, I was absolutely floored. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm actually a midsummer guy. People. Are you really? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like that movie. Uh the whole part where like he's having sex with the girl and they're all moaning and then the other girl's crying and they're all crying. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Here? <laughs> uh, well, and it that, it's super- a horror movie that's all in like bright daylight. Yeah. It's yeah. super cool to me. Kind of remind right. me of, uh, was it, is it the sacrament? Is that that one? It was like the Jim Jones kind of mock. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like where it's like all super happy go lucky and then end up being super fucking violent. Yeah, <laughs> I am. Um, uh, I'm, but I'm a hereditary person myself. I feel like, um, like it's, uh, it's. I, I just, I just think it's like one of the like the most extreme best like horror movies that it was just shows so unsettling. You. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so unsettling. It, it, it was just like really rough. So yeah, I I agree with you. Well, like um, the the ending part with like all the beheaded people are bowed down to you know exactly i'm like what is happening here (laughs) (laughs) well that was awesome yeah it was perfect you uh you you nailed it i mean uh we uh we're pretty strict uh judges around here um (laughs) and then the last thing we do is um recommendations do you want to go first or do you want to go last i'll go last okay um graham yeah i got a couple um because uh, we mentioned him earlier uh, and earlier in the podcast we did earlier today, uh, Bert from uh, Raising Hope. Raising Hope was a TV show with Martha Plimpton and Garrett Dillahunt and uh, and Cloris Leachman and uh, and a couple other younger people. It's about uh, uh, their son um, has sex with a serial killer, this girl, and ends up with the kid and has to raise the kid because uh, she gets... Uh, thrown into jail forever mm-hmm. um and it's fucking hysterical and really just so much heart and and everything i love that show so much and mo- not enough people watched it i think it was three seasons uh which is good but uh i could have watched that show forever that and um musically i'm going with uh this band uh an autumn for crippled children uh their new album as the morning dawns we close our eyes it's mm-hmm. uh Black Gaze, which is black metal and shoegaze, but this has like a, like a almost a post-hardcore songwriting structure to it. Um, it's really fantastic and bleak, and uh, and really great. So those are mine. Cool. Um, I am going to go. I am watching the uh, for the first time in my life. I'm watching Doctor Who. And um, I have never really watched it before. Um, it's right up my alley as like a Buffy fan and like a Monster of the Week sort of person that I am. Um, it's no Buffy. There's not like growth or anything like that. But it's um, but like as far as like just like watching a show with like cool science fiction shit every week, um, it's kind of worth it. I'm and the I'm starting at the new 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 series. Uh, I didn't go to the old stuff. Um, I don't know. Depending on how much I like it, I will. Um, um check it out um but uh i'm watching the chris eccleston stuff which uh um reminded me of uh, he's in one of my favorite movies of all time and i had forgotten and i rewatched it and it's great and it is shallow grave 
um, which is a cool movie. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen Shallow Grave, but it's a pretty cool movie. I feel like I've um, seen that movie. Yeah, it's like a, a bunch of flatmates in England. Their their new uh, their new flatmate dies, and he has like yes. money, and they go bury yeah. it, and uh, they have to like cut him up, and uh, they make that choice, and then like the sort of like oh trauma. It was like during the... a dinner party or something, or or they all just lived in the same. They all live in the same thing, and he hadn't come out in a few like a week, and they go in the room, and he's dead, and but he has a b- bunch of money, and so they. Uh, um decide to they make the choice to have him vanish um so that's pretty so that would be my suggestion um i just got done what and then um on tv front i another tv i got done watching the um um the son of sam documentary it's basically um a uh, um God, they say his name a million times. Uh, the guy wrote Ultimate Evil, which is a book I read in. Uh, I'm sure probably all three of us have looked at the pictures from uh, the Ultimate Evil, which was uh, Berkowitz and Manson and the and the process, the family that they uh, they say instigated all that. Maury Terry. Um, Maury Terry wrote those books and basically chased Sonic Sam. And uh, um, he, um, which is like a really great book, but also kind of like kicked off the satanic panic. Um, and uh, um, this documentary is on Netflix. Uh, didn't shy away from that as to whether there were other killers or not. Um, There's a lot of debate about that. Um, the documentary definitely leans towards there being other killers, but um, there are people who say that not. But um, but anyways, uh, that's the. I'm leaning towards multiple now after seeing the documentary. Um, yeah, you know, the documentary definitely is one side of the story from somebody who really wanted there to sure. be, who really, who really built it. And Maury Terry sure. definitely ended up being Mr. Uh, Mr. Um, like they put, they painted him in a little bit of a better light than he kind of was because he definitely rode that like trashy journalism thing that really pushed that satanic panic. And I don't know, like, you know, at the end of the day, they caught, they caught, they they caught Berkowitz because his car was at all those locations. So like that, you know what I mean? So there's some weird things in there and that's, and, um, um, and not to uh, like, I love cops, but the cops in that thing were kind of just like their, their work wasn't really showcased and their opinions on it wasn't really showcased. And I kind of wish that could happen. But anyways, that being said, it's worth watching um, because there's a lot of, uh, a lot of interesting talk and it kind of gives a piece of America um, uh, that, you know, Berkowitz wasn't just like a singular killer thing he was more of like it's more of like a long-term sort of impact on the american psyche um coming out of it way more so than like manson or bundy in my opinion you know um so um plus it's like a lot of footage of like grimy new york in that era and i kind of like that and and like and like i love the people on the street in new york in like the 70s you know what i mean like they're (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's just, I just, I just, this is not a safe to go out outside here, you know. Like, was, uh, like the best part about that docu series was the the street tough interviews, uh, you know, of the, all the people talking about him. Just the, just the New Yorkers being like, "Yeah, no, I don't know, he's all right." And, um, I love, I love the street toughs in that. Um, and then the last thing I'm going to request, I'm, I'm on a roll here. I'm going to say, listen to Body Count. You know what? Fucking Body Count's good. <laughs> Fucking iced um, tea. Yeah, but fucking iced tea, and I got to tell you on the on the Carnivore record, their last record. If you listen to it, a it's a good record all and throughout their their own thing. But the uh, uh, the song with Riley Gale, rest in peace, Riley Gale. Um, what a tr- tremendous loss. Uh, a point the finger is such a beast of a fucking song um, that uh, it deserves to be loved. So yeah. All right, Sean, take us out.
Um, so I got a couple actually uh, referrals. So there was a movie I was trying to remember from a while back, but it's got Luke Evans. Uh, it's called No One Lives. Uh, I think. Oh yeah. That's kind of like one that people haven't seen, but I love a lot of horror movies that typically no one wins. <laughs> like the bad guy wins. Like I'm more into that because I feel like that's more reality. Um, another movie that's not horror, but I think for people who love like kind of something that makes you think is a movie called Primer, which is based on time travel and it's a very low budget movie. I think it was under like $50,000 to do. Uh, I think you can watch on Amazon Prime, but it probably does the best with time travel, uh, the best way to explain it. Um, and it's very just low budget, but it, it nails everything. And I think that's a, a great series for those who like time travel and stuff like that. Uh, and my final movie re- or any type of watching thing is uh, if you haven't seen the first season of True Detective, you are doing yourself a disservice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is yeah. by far probably one of my favorite seasons of any television show in history. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt, it made me a hardcore Matthew McConaughey fan. Um, that the last uh, or second to last episode, and then the final episode are probably like some of the best writing I've seen. Um, became a huge fan of that series. Se- second series or second season wasn't as great but it still holds up it uh, didn't colin deserve farrell. all the heat it caught i didn't think no. it was nowhere near as i'll good, tell you right? what colin farrell's scene where he beats up the bully's dad and says if i ever see this happen again i'm gonna come here but fuck your father with your mother's head i'm like <laughs> oh my god yes like yeah let's do that uh because i feel like that's what i would do if someone was bullying my daughters is i would beat the shit out of their parents and then <laughs> I probably wouldn't say the same thing to them because that's a little weirder to say to another girl bullying my <laughs> girl. Uh, and then uh, musically, uh, I had said it before, but I feel like everyone should check out uh, Sadistic. He uh, is a Seattle-born. Uh, I don't like calling him a rapper because I feel like he's more than that. He's just an, he's an artist. Uh, but he moved to LA. He's by far probably one of the best lyricist i've known um you know maybe a little bit below aesop rock but Mm -hmm. like he runs circles over so many of these other rappers uh but because it's so intricate i think he never gets the credit he deserves because people just want to hear like you know wop and body you know even like those are good songs you know (laughs) but i i if you're looking for something with a little bit more meat to the hip-hop uh sadistic it's s-a-d-i-s-t-i-k so those are my recommendations fuckers yep Uh, pacific northwest represent by the way um cool um well sean this has been a great episode thanks man uh, yeah thanks so much for coming on yeah Yeah, hopefully i didn't ruin my image by talking that's i typically have that (laughs) issue (laughs) no no um, opening my mouth no this has been great we talked about some real shit that needs to be talked about and so um thank you um well um we're gonna get out of here and uh tune back in uh later next week and we'll have another episode of another goddamn horror podcast um thanks for everybody for tuning in um remember to start some fires and break some glass and uh take care of yourself because you're pretty dope take care